pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minutes. Thursday. Happy Thursday. The week is just flying by, isn't it? Well, it, that happens when you have Monday off. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that, that's true. It that's, should only be Wednesday right now. Yeah, well, but it's Thursday. Yeah, but it is Thursday. And tomorrow yes. is Friday, and then yes. the weekend will be here. We're ready to go, and quite frankly, I don't know if I'm in a good mood today just because the uh, weather is fantastic. It's fa- it is fantastic. I almost wore shorts today. I thought about it. Yeah. I am wearing a short sleeve Shirt. First time in a while. First time in a while. Yeah. Me, well, me too. Yeah. Yeah. A little nice little golf shirt going. Oh, a little golf shirt. Thought happened. about shorts. By maybe next week we're in uh, shorts and golf shirts for uh, the next several months. I can't imagine that winter is over. Uh, there's going to be something that happens. Uh, there's going to be one more big cold front. I, I just uh, my gut. Tells All right, me Billy that. T. My gut tells me that. Well, so don't quite move away to the other side of the closet yet. <laughs> yeah, not no, not yet. Wait until I don't know. I mean, we've had cold weather all the way up into April, haven't we? It's true, but for the most part, you know, I mean, for the most part, I think we're we're, we're done. Look, I hope it's over with. I do. It'd be great. I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I know. Yesterday, you and Ernie were talking about going to play golf this weekend. Yeah, which I was thinking, man, that'd be. Except I'm going to be out of town, so. I hope you guys have fun. Well, you know, I'd rather be where you're going to be. So, quite frankly, <laughs> no it's, offense to Ernie, you know. Well, it's not that I didn't get enough of Las Vegas during Super Bowl week. <laughs> Might as well go back. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. Um, <sighs> I have, I, I don't even know how to describe this. So, the other day I noticed, all right, there's a whole bunch of stuff on my front porch. Uh-huh. Just, just, just stuff. But it was windy, so I thought, well, did stuff somehow get kind of blown into my front porch area? So I took the blower, and I, and I cleaned it out. Yesterday, the yard guy was there, and I noticed all this stuff all over my front porch, which is enclosed, or not enclosed, but there's, you know, the, like, kind of the arch and the ceiling. Right, it, right, it's right. covered. I mean, yeah. you know, um, there shouldn't be that much stuff uh-huh. in there. Like stuff, like leaves? Like and leaves stuff? and, okay. I don't know, stuff. All right, all um, right. So I, I, I go to blow it out today, and I realize a bird is building a nest in my light. <laughs> what are you laughing at? 
How in the hell do I get rid of this bird? You don't. You let the bird be. Let him have babies and, and all that stuff. All and... the stuff. <laughs> Which you could also, I mean, because I imagine right now it's just stuff, but if birds start living up there, it's going to be another it's S gonna word. It's going to be stuff. Gonna, yes. <laughs> how do I, I mean, before the guy finishes construction and starts laying eggs, how do I get rid of this thing? Uh, it's a good question, and I don't know the answer to it, but somebody's got to be doing that, I would think. Well, I, I don't know. I went on Amazon and I bought an owl. An you know? owl? <laughs> yeah, one of those fake owls <laughs> that are supposed to scare birds away. Well, do it before the poor bird builds the whole house. Well, Amazon says the owl will be here tomorrow. But that's what I mean. I don't want to. Like, like, what do you do? How do you get rid of this thing? And, and I'll tell you what scares me more than anything. Because my first thought normally would have been, well, all right, man, we'll, we'll deal with this. Let the bird do its thing. Yeah. Except for across the street and down a couple houses, one of our neighbors a couple years ago had this big old nest, and there was all this stuff, and she got snakes on her front porch. She oh, came home one wow. day, and a snake was like literally kind of in the bricks on, on on her wall, trying to get up there. To, and and so <laughs> I, I am, I, I am, I, you know, I care about these birds, but I don't want snakes on my front porch. No. How do I get rid of this without? So the owl, you think the owl will work? Well, the owl is supposed to scare away birds. Right? Okay. Now, where do you put it? Do you sit it down well, by not, the not, door? Yeah, or do you not, hang him? Or what, I, I, what do you do? Dude, I don't know. It's a package of two. I might put two owls two up there. Two of them. I, I mean, I don't necessarily want it hanging, but if it's sitting on my front porch, <laughs> if he's, if he's, you know, and do I, do I put him out in the yard a little bit? Or do I put him right at the entryway? Like, I, I, I would bet you to come this way. Right in the entryway. But the, the bird, if you don't hang it or put it up high... Well, the bird's going to say, well, I'm just going to go to my house and I'll be safe. Well, no, I mean, if the, if the bird thinks there's an owl there, he ain't safe and he knows that. I think that's why those plastic owl things work. Well, it depends on whether it's daytime or not, right? I mean, well, owls don't hunt in the daytime. If you see an owl and you're a bird, you're running, right? Dude, that's hilarious. It's not. It's funny. It's, it's, it's not. Um well, I want to know. I mean, this is we had to put cameras on your front porch. Well, see, and that, you know, that's the crazy thing. Is is I've got cameras, but I haven't caught the 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 birds. I guess don't move enough to get caught on the camera, because you know, I mean, I you know, I've seen possum, I've seen a skunk on the cameras, so I'm trying to you know, but I'm checking, you know, those pick up if they're on the front porch, but they're uh, you know, we're in the driveway or in the front yard somewhere, but whatever's going on in my front porch has so far eluded the cameras. And now I realize it's it's a you know I saw the bird today I saw him you know he was he was bringing stuff in I tried to use the blower to to blow at him and he just kind of sat there <laughs> laughing at me I think he gave me the middle finger at one point I'm sure he did right? not not really sure but he didn't leave like the blower wasn't enough to scare this damn thing off well it, it, I... <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at. Dude, I'm just glad that's your problem and not mine. Well, you wait. It's going to be your problem. It's not going to be my problem. I, that's hilarious. And if it is, I'm going to come borrow your owl. Well, I mean, you, you can. <laughs> I want to know if it works. I'm talking about a camera. We had to put it right in the nest. Yeah, they do it. The you zoo you, you the, want a nest when cam? The, when the baby gorilla is about to be born, or a giraffe, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, baby gorillas yeah, are born or, out of or, eggs. Or they, or the they hatch. Or the uh, baby. So, <laughs> so some, somehow, I think Tim Morrow is very disappointed in you, Joe. Well, that's who we need to call. Tim would know what to do. 
I think he'd know what to do. And again, I don't want to. Well, actually, now I do want to disturb the bird. Uh, my first thought was that, but my neighbor had snakes that were coming to her porch. Now, I get that. I didn't even think about that, but uh, well, it makes she, sense. She came home one day, and the, the snake was like halfway up the wall. Uh-huh. And, you know, she freaked out and knocked on my door like, I'm going to help her, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um you get a snake on your door, burn the house down. Yeah, exactly. Right? Run. <laughs> Let them do whatever. Well, they like the eggs, right? I saw a video where snakes kind of are sneaky. They'll wait till mama bird leaves, and they go in there and get the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, see this is a, a snake prevention method that I yes. need to deal with. Well, you're just looking out for the baby birds. Well, I see, see that. that. That might be it. Um, and, and quite that, frankly. That's great of you. you know, well, I, I mean, I'd rather not have either. <laughs> But knowing that there is a snake component to this, based on my neighbor's experience, I've got to end this before they finish construction on this nest. It's yeah, not you, you do. It, it's not um, a big nest. Yeah, I don't think it's a complete nest. I don't think there's eggs yet. I think they're 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 in the building process because it's only been a couple of days. Well, boom, chicka wow wow, season hadn't started yet. How do you know? Well, I'm just thinking How it's not know? spring yet. Uh, well, I mean, did you not see the weather outside? I mean, maybe the birds are getting frisky because the weather's turned nice. Uh, that's I good. Some glory <laughs> it's a good point. But I would assume that they haven't, you know, gotten together just yet. You think they only do it seasonal? I think so. It's the springtime. And then the you know the babies are born and they go on and then they get with it and it's just a cycle. So so do that before you know, mama and daddy get with it. Um. <laughs> Good lord! Now a lot of people are sending advice and please <laughs> send the advice. Of course, at Jason Minix on Twitter. At Joe Reinagle 210. <laughs> you can comment on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, Bubba says there's something you can spray for them to not come back. That's brilliant, Bubba. Brilliant. There's something out there I could There's spray. something, yeah. Yeah, I, I could do that. There's something out there you could use. Can you be a little bit more specific? Uh, AJ says put the owls on your roof. Yeah, but the, the bird won't see it on your roof. How do you, I, I mean, you, you figure, like, you think the pilot, when he's landing an airplane, doesn't see what's going on around him? You think that if I put it on the roof, he, I'm not going to hide the damn thing. I want him to be seen. Well, that, yeah, but it, I've seen your front door entryway. If the nest is under the roof, well, yeah, you can't see the owl. So you're saying he should go as he's flying back home. He's going to see the owl and say, "Ooh, uh, yeah, exactly." Okay, I well, see. Well, see, that's why I think if I put it on the front porch as he's coming through the archway before he gets in and can fly, go, come through the archway and then up to the light. Yeah, he's going to right on the archway, <laughs> dude. I, I, I mean, I might do that. I might. You know, I, I you need to be scaring uh, everybody. I, I need a couple of ladders. I might hang them from the damn light. Um, you know, my I'm an idiot. My first thought was, do I just get the water hose and spray this thing down? But then I realized, you know, spraying water into a light socket That's probably, probably not is a good idea. not a good idea. And you don't want to do that because the bird might be in there. Well, birds can fly with uh, wet wings. Well, as long as he flies to my neighbor's house and not, not mine. Sorry, Hal, I'm sending them your way. That's um, peppermint oil or vinegar. So you spray that on them? 
I don't know. I mean, peppermint oil? What the hell is that? Wow. Like, just throw some mints out there and they're going to go away? Now, see, a- AJ says the owls work. Uh, owls do work. Dude, it fooled me. I told you that story. I'm in L.A. <laughs> at training camp. Look out my hotel window, and I say, I say oh, there's an owl over there. Yeah. Took a picture of it, put it on Twitter. Uh-huh. I said, there's an owl. And so next <laughs> next morning, open the curtain, said, damn, that owl's still over there. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> and it was a damn plastic owl. Yeah, that's trying to keep birds away. It works. You know what else works, although we know who has them anymore? CDs. You know, when, when CDs kind of went away, your your best use of a CD was to hang them from a tree because they move and the reflection would scare birds away. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. a little bit cheaper than an owl because you've already bought them. But they sell owls, plastic ones on Amazon. Yeah, uh, $17.99. I got two. They'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> or $24.99. The thing is, I look at my Amazon order. There, there, There's a wide variety. That's what I love about Amazon. It's the same product. Right, well, one owl's like seventeen, two is twenty four, and then that down ways it looks like the same two owls for thirty nine. Eh, twenty four. Here we go. Well, I I can't wait to see how this story ends. I mean, I really can't. I'm curious now. You you've got to take uh, you, the whole journey. When you get the owls, you open them up, pictures, owl, and then the owls know, will be there tomorrow. I'm just saying, you you've got to document this journey. This is, I mean, the people want to know. You know, once I murder birds, I probably don't want to publicize Well, you're that. not going to murder them. Well, I mean, the you're owls are going to eat. them off. The owls are going to eat. They're going to eat. Plastic yeah, that, owls. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> hey, David, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Hey, Jason. There's a stuff, there's some spray that they sell at uh, at Home Depot or at, uh, at Lowe's. It's called uh, Critter Ritter. It's a spray that, that you uh, spray around the area where the birds hang out or any other animal for that matter, even raccoons and squirrels and stuff like that. And it works really well. I've used it for squirrels around my house uh, and also for pigeons and stuff. And it, it lasts about 30 days unless, of course, it rains. Right, but this ain't a squirrel and it ain't a pigeon. It's a, it's a bird. Will it work on birds that's no, building a nest? On, it, it works. It works with birds. Like I say, you know, it, 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 I have a problem with pigeons around the house because, uh, well, um, I do and my neighbor does. And uh, so I spray that stuff on the eaves and on the roof and like uh, underneath the eaves where sometimes some people have like little uh, little nooks or whatever in there. And they like to get in there and build their nests and stuff like that. Critter Ritter. It works. Believe, uh, Critter Ritter. It's like, it's like 15 bucks. But if you're going to spray it, if you're pointing in the direction of the item that you're going to spray it, make sure that you're, the wind is not blowing in your face because that stuff will spray right back into your face. I mean, else. David, I appreciate it, but isn't that common sense? <laughs> isn't it common sense to be downwind when you're, when you're doing anything like that? Appreciate the phone call. Now, here's another thing. You say just let them build it. Uh, my guy Carl over at Bjorn says we had that problem. Let them build one year. Now they come back every year, and I have to blow water on the nest to knock it down. Last year, someone told me to spray wasp foaming spray in the area where they want to build, and that worked. No more birds. Wow. Okay. Um, Dude, that wasp spray is awesome. I almost like for wasps to build nests where I can spray that stuff on them. So, um... (laughs) 
My buddy John Robbins says he has he has an actual owl. He does a, a, a live owl. Well, why does that, that not surprise me? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Robin says I have an owl that drops by my yard. In fact, it was here yesterday. I, he sent me a picture of him. The way I know it's because all the other birds follow the owl around and chirp their heads off to alert its presence. Wow! So do I need to get like a, a soundtrack? A, a, do, well, that's it. Do I do I get like uh, a wireless speaker with owl noises I, I that I can should, put inside yeah. the plastic owl? Yes. I mean, if you're going to do this, you might as well do it right. Yeah, see, but Robbins thinks the uh, fake owl might actually attract more birds. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this journey ends. And it's funny because it's you. Uh-huh. Dude, you, if you don't document this, you're not doing it right. Well, you can come over and video all you want, man. Well, I'm just saying, you need to do it because you, you pull the owls out of the box, put them out there. And I want to see what happens. Well, see, now now I'm concerned because John <laughs> thinks the owl will attract, even though they're literally sold as bird at deterrence. <laughs> I think those other uh, other birds are following around the owl because they realize they're going to eat well. Maybe so, just the scraps. Yeah. Could be. Huh. Good thing about Amazon, though, you can return anything. Oh, man. You just put them back in the box. $24 for back. a couple of owls and, you know. You might you might get attached to them. I mean, I'm not going to name them. Put them back on your back porch and they can watch you barbecue. I mean, they could. Yeah. And then when you have this problem and you're laughing at me, I'll sell them to you for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel has a weight loss program that is not recommended. No. But it apparently does work well. His sit down yesterday with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay, that podcast, some incredible stuff coming from the former Kerrville Tybee star. We'll dive into some of that coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnix. If you've done some grilling over the last couple of days, maybe you had some bird on your grill, whatever it might be, <laughs> make sure you upload those photos to sasportstar.com, the Grilling with the Blitz page. Later today, just before 6, we're going to judge meat and give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. I always like judging meat, and I like giving other people's money away. So that's a good thing. That is Get a good thing. to do both today. Absolutely. So, uh... And if you do grilling this weekend, you know the routine. Upload them to the website, com. There's all kinds of crazy diets out there. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of crazy diets. Now, an unintended consequence, if you're looking for, I don't know, I, I, I started the Invisalign process. I didn't realize this probably will help me lose weight. I don't know really if, if it has not, but I don't snack anymore because it's too much of a pain in the ass to take the trays in and out. So you take them out when it's time to eat, but like the grazing that you would do throughout yeah. the day or at night, I'm not doing that. Well, that'll help. Right? I'm sure. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, unintended consequence, right? Johnny Manziel talking yesterday on the club Shay Shay podcast with Shannon Sharp. <laughs> and he had a lot of things to say in a interview that went well over two hours. Yeah. And we'll get into quite a bit of it. We did yesterday. We will today with some of the uh, different things like the Aggie NIL deal before there was NIL. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) 
But one of the things that he said, it's, it's funny and it's sad all at the same time, but uh, it, it's a diet that probably won't catch on. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40? How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. <laughs> what? A strict diet of blow. <laughs> Wow. God, I mean, look, man. I, the more I listen to this podcast, the more I like where Johnny Manziel is going. I mean, there are some things, that, especially yesterday that he said, I just thought, come on, dude, that's ridiculous. But the more you listen to it and the more that he confesses, I guess, for lack of a better word, and, and is it really seems to have humbled himself, um, I, I really like where he is at right now. It seems like he's in a good place. You know, it's a nice follow-up to the documentary because I, I, I agree. Um, and it's his truth. It doesn't mean it's the truth. Right, right, right. But, it, but it's his truth. His story to tell. And like in the documentary and a lot of points during this interview with Shannon Sharp. He's pulling the curtain back. Yeah. He, he, he's allowing himself to be vulnerable. He's allowing himself to be ripped by some people for things that he says. But at the same time, he's he's being, or at the very least, coming across as honest. Now, you and I, and a lot of you listening, have been hearing Johnny for, for years. And one of the things that used to make me angry with Johnny is the guy never lost a press conference. He never lost an interview. Every time something wasn't right, he'd sit down, he would talk, and he'd be like, all right, Johnny, I appreciate the, uh, uh, all right, you know, and then he'd go do the same old stuff, right? So there for a while, I had a hard time believing Johnny when it seemingly he was saying all the right things because he always did. Right. He's always been good in that area. Uh -huh. But that Netflix uh -huh. doc and this interview kind of like following the Ryan Leaf plan, own your truth, own your story. Don't run from it. It is what it is. You can't try to make it something that it's not, but if you can learn from it, more importantly, if you can help somebody along the way, that's and it. I don't know that Johnny is trying to help somebody. He's not talking about, you know, I'm just, you know, learn from my mistakes, but people will, people sure. will pay attention to this and they can learn from his mistakes. He's doing well. He's doing good. He's in a good spot. It, it sounds like, and for him to to admit that, and I'm sure that anybody that was around Johnny at that time knew exactly what he was doing and why he was losing weight. And, and, and it, you know, I mean, obviously, that's not a good thing, <laughs> uh, obviously. But he was in a bad spot at that time. The NFL just didn't agree with him or he didn't do it right or a little bit of both. But, um, you know, it led to some depression on his part and, you know, and look, I think everybody has ways of dealing with stuff. And for Johnny, that was the way he dealt with it. And when you can openly admit regrets, yeah, I think you're in a pretty good spot. And his regrets that he admits to during this interview with Shannon Sharp, pretty powerful. If I could go back to a certain point in time, I would drop myself right after that in the locker room of the Oklahoma game in the Cotton Bowl. Knowing what I know now, um, I would have known how to handle myself. I would have known how 
important and imperative it is to be a better teammate than just numbers on a field on Saturday. There's something to be said about how your guys ride for you when you're doing the right things in the building. Mm -hmm. And that 2013 year for us at Texas A&M, a lot of internal problems were happening because their leader is distracted. Their horse that makes this whole carriage go is f***ed up. And the shame that I have for letting guys down like Cedric Aboye and like Jake Matthews and Mike Evans is the same shame that I carry with me to this day about letting down Joe Thomas as a guy who's in the end of his Hall of Fame career and is looking for somebody to come in and lead this team. And then you get me. <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to have been the guy that have let down some overall really great athletes of my time and of my generation. Something I carry, hopefully, with my head high right now, but at the same time, internally, I know it eats me alive um, because they did more for me than I gave in return to them. Mm -hmm. And what a shallow, kind of selfish way of life that I was living at that point in time, and I have a lot of regret. Like, I regret wasting a couple of Joe Thomas's last years in Cleveland. I regret disrespecting LeBron and, and not making Taking sure the situation. That's making sure what it meant to me, showing him that I give a f enough to just do what's right, to listen to Mav and listen to the team they built around me. You know, it f***s me up that I messed up our second year at Texas A&M and we went seven and four or whatever, because that was our chance to win a national we title. We got off the game against Duke. Had a cool game against Duke. One that was like a legendary kind of tale on it, but like I almost wish to this day that we lost that game because I would have came back. Right. So us having that legendary run against a bowl game that's kind of like, kind of wish we would have lost because then I would have came back with a vengeance. And I probably wouldn't have got drafted because I would have gotten in trouble. Right. But it doesn't sit right with me certain things. And those are three things. How I wasted my 2013 season how I treated the legends in that building in Cleveland and how I treated LeBron and Matt. And, you know, from there, I can even take it a step further and say in 2016, I don't think I treated Drake the way that I should have with representing the clothes that I was wearing and his OVO brand and his label and everything. You know, at that point in time, I was so selfish that I was dragging everybody that was tied to me through the mud. Now it's regret. I'm not harboring on this in this in any kind of way. I'm just calling it exactly what it, what it is in the way that I feel about it. And, you know, I owe those people apology. And hopefully one day down the line, I'll be able to have the opportunity as a man to be able to look them in the eye and be able to do that. And I'm sure he'll get that opportunity. And, and if nothing else, those folks are going to hear this this podcast. They're going to hear what he has to say and and the genuineness with the way he says it is it, what it, this is not fake. It, it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't feel, feel that like way. It, yeah. it, and again, I'm jaded with Johnny. I hear that. I still want to buy in and right, believe right, it. Right. But I feel like every time I have, I've been burnt. But consistently over the last two years or so, he does seem very genuine. Like he 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 has changed. But you know, there's still that little part of you. And I hope after that. He is reaching out to 
those people that he talked about. So he can have that man-to-man conversation. He's not waiting for them to call. I don't think they will. The way it sounds, yeah. they're not calling him. But, you know, they got each other's numbers. Well, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, just like you. Uh, we've been burned by this guy one too many times, and uh, w- we have to see it. But the good news is he's no longer Johnny Football. He's Johnny Manziel. True. True. Hey, the uh, Spurs are back in action tonight. Whoa! The how about that? Rodeo Road Trip Push for the playoffs tonight in Sacramento with no playoff push <laughs> in sight. Damn! But there is something to play for. We'll talk about it next on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Hi, this is Joe Reinagle, and you're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. DJ Pledge has the music going, and I'm just figuring the laser light show hitting at the right time there. I can see him going, wicka, 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 wicka. You know, I'll never do that again. <laughs> you know how those DJs do it, right? Wicka, 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 wicka. It's ni- <laughs> 1987 anymore. <laughs> well, hey, it sounded good. DJs don't do that anymore. Be in the club with the lighted dance floor all psychedelic and, you know, going everywhere. Uh Uh-huh. And then the old DJ just Uh kind of... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That sound effect could be used for multiple of... uh, Those were the uh, good old days. (laughs) Why does your DJ sound like a bad bed squeaking in college? I like porn. (laughs) It does, right? (laughs) Boom, chicka There we go. (laughs) Thinking about that bird on your porch. <laughs> you ever seen a bird having sex? Never have, no. Do they do it in flight or I, just... I have no idea. Is it like jets refueling <laughs> in the air? I don't know. Is it just something that happens in trees? Probably. Hey. I... Oh, I'd like to see that gobbler. <laughs> Here we go. (laughs) Goodness gracious. It's almost the weekend. Thursday. Yeah. We're almost there. Almost. Getting close. Vegas is calling. Yes, it is. (laughs) Isn't it? Um, (sighs) The uh, Spurs return to action tonight. Late game on Bally, 9 o'clock start time as they take on Sacramento. As the uh, rodeo road trip continues, Spurs have sucked so far on this rodeo road trip. They're, what, 1-4? and 1-4, four. Four, yeah. 1-4. and four. And uh, Now, granted, depending on who plays, but I don't know if it depends on who plays. Uh, Everybody's got to play, right? Well, well, I mean, you know, like Sacramento could be without some people. Oh. Um, LeBron isn't playing tonight, so maybe he doesn't play tomorrow night when they go play the Lakers. But, you know, it looks like a one-win rodeo road trip. Now, they they could surprise us. They could surprise us. Um, they could. I mean, they, they could. I mean. I could win the lottery tonight. What's got better odds? You winning the lottery or the Spurs winning in Sacramento? Dude, I don't know. Let's, let's think about that for a minute. <laughs> I, I mean, there are some things there, but. 
you know, Devin Vassell, you know, talks about, you know, things that they could do in this quote-unquote second half of the season, which by no math is this really the start of the second half. I mean, more wins. I can say that. That's that's <laughs> that's obvious. But um, I just feel like us playing together, um, us really coming together as a team and seeing, you know, everything that we've worked on, you know, coming to full circle. I feel like us being better on the offensive end, whether it's finding finding teammates and playing with each other, uh, playing for each other, or on the defensive end, just getting more stops. Um, you know, Vic's been doing a tremendous job uh, blocking shots, but on the perimeter, we got to hold people to getting, you know, from their spots and, you know, just really just picking it up on the defensive end. Picking it up on the defensive end, that, that would be a great idea because uh, the defense hasn't been good this year at all. You know, in the uh, San Antonio Express news, Greg Popovich apparently said yesterday at practice that it does start by defensing yourself into a game, not offense yourself into a game. Uh-huh. If your priority is the offensive part, you can have a first quarter where you may, don't make shots and you're in a deep hole real quick. And if the focus is on defense, then maybe. Maybe they're going to be more competitive. Um, they put in some new plays, apparently. Uh, you know, Pop uh, spent the all-star break, you know, drawing up all kinds of new things, according to Devin Vassell. Yeah, we got, we got uh, you know, some more plays. Uh, I think he's, as he watched some more film, he's seen some stuff that we can exploit. Um, so I'm excited to go out there and, you know, for these new plays, for some of these new schemes and, you know, to see how we do. Hey, Devin, here's a new play for you. Throw the ball to Wimby. <laughs> How about that? Wimbenyama! That'd be yes. a great play. I, I, I mean, it seems to work. Uh, it, it works. Uh, Keldon Johnson was asked yesterday after practice about expectations for the final 27 games. Um, finish off strong, play together, play hard, play smart, and... Um, I mean, we're looking to just, you know, muck it up this, this last last 27 games, get into people, and, uh, you know, make the games dogfight. Now, you hear what Keldon said there, and it sounds like he was paying attention in class <laughs> because a photo was taken of their goals that I guess were on a projection. Yeah. Right? Now, their goals have nothing to do with winning games. <laughs> I know uh, you, you've seen this photo circulating around, and does it bother you that there's not a single goal about wins? Their goals, there are six of them. Nice little PowerPoint presentation. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll show it to you on my phone. Maybe we'll end up getting that on our screen, Ryan. Um, the number one goal, <laughs> be the best we can be. Wow. Win or lose. As long as you're your best, that's all we can ask. Uh-huh. Goal number two, play for each other. Oh. Don't be selfish. Well, some, I, some guys uh, didn't get that memo. Well, that was in the first half. This oh, it's is the a, second half. I, I okay, mean, gotcha, you know, gotcha. you know, we're right, going right. to close the season with these goals. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Ryan has quickly gotten it up there on on the screen. Number three. Be responsible to your teammates. Okay. Number four, be unselfish. I like it. Number five, accept roles. Wow. Now, you could read a lot into that one. Number six, figure it out together. Huh. And do it with class. Why do I feel like 
that all six of these were directed at one player, Devin Vassell. Uh-huh. That well and and the other guy, Keldon Johnson. I, you know, honestly, I think this is all I I, I mean, Devin. Accept your role. That's the, you're not the a you're not the number one option here. Number five, I think, can be directly pointed. Be unselfish, Devin, Devin. Did you not see this play where Wemby's rolling uncovered to the basket, and you're taking a ridiculous three? Well, uh, be unselfish. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Pop sitting in his wherever Pop sits with his big glass of wine, looking at film. I mean, that'd been a pretty easy All Star break if you're dreaming up new plays. Hey, we got a seven foot four guy. Throw uh, the ball to him. Yeah, Ray S on uh, YouTube says number seven. Pass it to Wemby. Yeah, I, th- I think all of these say that I, I without so. saying it. You know, and if you're Wemby, before you hook up all your teammates with some nice Louis V, why don't you say at the end of the year uh, we're going to have a big party, and uh, if Pop allows me, I'm going to let you shop on my Louis V card. Why would Pop have anything to say about that? I, because Wemby's not going to be selfish that way. Of course he He wants is. to be responsible for his teammates, but maybe he should be selfish. Well, I would look at the list of assists from his baskets and say, who passed me the ball the most? They get a nice Louis Vuitton purse. Is there? Do they make stuff for men, Louis Vuitton? Have you not seen Wemby wearing their clothes? No. The, you, now, that you, wasn't the, you, you think the billboard is him wearing clothes from Target? Was that the one with the ski mask on his face the other day? No. That's not a Louis? I, well, it might be, but uh, it'd be custom. Dude, that was a ridiculous outfit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. And I know I'm the old guy here in the get-off-my-lawn dude, but uh, that was a ridiculous outfit. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Spurs, a little breaking news from my essay. <laughs> Headline in the San Antonio Express News, likely site for new San Antonio Spurs Arena set to be sold or leased to the city. And it's the Institute of Texan Culture. We've talked about that site for years. That is really no surprise that the Wemby Center could end there, uh, end up there. So um, what I do find interesting here, is you think about the UTSA Institute of Texans Cultures, basically across the highway from the Alamo Dome. They could build the arena there. Yep. They could also uh, have some shopping in that area. There's already some apartments and, and, and whatnot. But of all the places downtown near the Riverwalk, whether you know it's like the old Hemisphere area, but the convention center and the, the uh, kind of attached to that, all of that, that's the area that gets talked about most often. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that same area. It's perfect. Well, that but that's, that same area has also been talked about the new downtown baseball stadium. Uh-huh. Now, there are several areas that have also been talked, talked about where the missions could play. I don't know if it would be a complex that could house both. But at the same time, and we're going to get into it coming up in a few minutes, there is also... A Jeff Passan article at ESPN.com that lists San Antonio slash Austin as a potential MLB expansion site. Now, it's a little bit more geared towards Austin than San Antonio, but one of the areas is having city-owned land. And because, you know, uh, all these uh, billion-dollar franchises can't build their own stuff, so the city ends up doing it. And our tourists pay for it, so I don't really give a damn past the tax. 
Um, but but the other part of that too, if that becomes, and if you're into politics, Mayor Ron, and want to correct me on any of this, um, if if that city owned land, and then they become partners with the city of San Antonio, right. where right now. The Frost Bank Center is on county-owned land. And it is. so, you know, it's a Bear County thing. And that's why they, that's you know, one of the reasons why we haven't had an All-Star game since 1996. Because the rodeo road trip, the All-Star game is when it is, and we've got the rodeo. And, and, and you know. Well, that's one of the reasons. It, it's, it's one of the many reasons. Yeah. But, you know, because the Spurs have a lease with the county. You know, they can't go play the thing in the Alamo Dome because they're, you know, that's city and this is county and there, there's politics involved. And a variety of other things, but, you know, we're not going to take away from the rodeo, right? Um, so I think no. there, there's a couple of things in play there when you look at the idea of city owned land. Go back to that headline pledge. The likely site. Said to be sold or leased to the city. Well, UTSA owns that land, if I'm not mistaken. That's UTSA's property. Um, well, and UTSA has a bunch of property, and they just announced a whole deal for some more downtown stuff, so maybe there's some horse trading going uh, on. There could be, but it's my understanding. Now, I'd like to read the article, but I believe that that is UTSA's land. Because when they were talking about um, a baseball stadium, at one point in time, years back, that was that's always been the spot or the plot of land that was going to be, and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect for an arena. And no, no offense to the missions, but I think if the Wimby Dome uh, is going to take priority over the missions' new baseball park, so that, that might have to go somewhere else. And if the Spurs want this, uh, and the city wants to give it to them or lease it to them or however they're going to do it, that's where it's going to go, and it's absolutely perfect right there. For a new Spurs arena. So um, it's really, a, it, again, that, that plot of land has been talked about forever. So this is really no surprise. I just think it was a matter of getting the numbers that fit and, and uh, interested parties to get this thing done. According to the Express News, the Board of Regents unanimously approved granting the city the exclusive option to buy or lease the property after discussing the item in executive session, which is not open to the public, which is what executive session means. UTSA spokesperson Joe Isbrand declined to address questions about the nature of the revitalization project and the rent or sale price. Forever, though, they have not been able to convince UTSA to give this property up. So whatever the deal is, it was either sweetened or somebody at UTSA that's different decided to do this. Um, but they've been trying to get that plot of land for different sports arenas well, for well, some have, time. And I know they could move the uh, Institute of Texan and Culture and the museum and everything closer to the Alamo, which they've talked about. But mm-hmm. the UTSA downtown campus is on the other side of downtown. They need more land over there. Uh-huh. That's why I figure there's going to be some horse trading could going be. on. Could be. That's very, uh, very well could be. But I'm glad that they're going to get this, and and they'll get it done. I mean, if we're hearing this story now, uh, it's likely to be they'll get it done. So, um, and, now, and it needs to be done. I'm and look. I'm sorry that, and I don't know what you do with the Frost Bank Center. Um, I'm sure the name will travel with it. Sure. Once that's done, the, the Wemby Center. I, but you can't. I mean, 
is it what's going to be a concert venue and a, and a rodeo venue? Well, that's yeah. an awfully big building for for just that. And can you book it out? Uh, the answer is yes and yes. Um, and, and quite honestly, it is almost thirty years old. Mm-hmm. This is the right time to start planning for the new Spurs Arena. Mm-hmm. When you think about that building opening in two thousand two, three. Three, I think, was it yeah. three? Oh, three. Right. So it's it's you know, and when that lease is up, do you keep putting money into that building? There has been very little growth on the east side, which oh, uh, we're going to build it over here and we're going to rebuy, and, and it hadn't happened. You know, there's no restaurant. You go to the arena and you get out of there as fast as you can. There's no place to hang out. There's nothing. There, there's nothing. It, it it hasn't worked. You look at Oklahoma City a newer building and already plans for a new Thunder yeah. Arena. Mm-hmm. A well-detailed out plan. Buildings last about 30 years. Getting back to downtown has been the goal forever. Now is the time to start planning when you still have five, six, seven years on that lease to get the land, start the building, get the bids, get you know, get it built and, and get it ready. So I look at um, the timing of this is perfect. The, the timing of this really is perfect. And, sure. And, and quite honestly, not at all surprising. No. So. No, not at all. And again, I'm just glad that they got some heads to get together on this deal and, and put it there. It's the perfect location for a Spurs arena. It, it is the perfect location. It's downtown. It's, it's absolutely perfect. So I'm glad that they're getting this done. Yeah. And we mentioned Major League Baseball and the ESPN article. And we'll get into that coming up here in uh, in about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so after the headline blitz because there is a factor in there with what the missions are going to do. And, you know, is it Austin, you know, trying to get a hold of Jeff Passon, but, you know, spring training, he's hard to get a hold of. So um, he's the one that wrote the article. San Antonio's on a list again. That's kind (laughs) of how I look at it. Um, But we're married to Austin, and we're going to have to get used to that, I think, if if you want anything like that. It's going to have to be a joint venture. It won't be just a San Antonio thing. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo. 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Glad to have you along on this Thursday afternoon. Great to be here on a Thursday afternoon. Nice warm San Antonio day. Great Bro- day to be on a golf course. It would be a great day to be on a golf course. You got that right. Now, Monday, March 25th, we're going to be on a golf course. We are. Golf Club of Texas uh-huh. for our spring golf classic. Get signed up now at sasportstar.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can even just uh, use the fancy QR code thing that's on the screen as we speak. Brought to you by Flight by Yingling, benefiting the Will Smith Foundation. Get your team signed up. Your foursome is only $100 a person. Yeah, 100 bucks. A, you're going to spend that anywhere. Yes. Right? And this is going to get you a lot of fun. And drink. A lot of food, yep. a lot of drink. Yep. Good times. Good stuff. Good times had by all. We'll get into uh, 
Major League Baseball in San Antonio and the latest <laughs> carrot dangling that is going on right after the headline blitz. This is Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. Are you a gamer? Not really, no. Mario Kart. Love Mario Kart. That was fun. Used to do the, uh, what was the one with the gorilla? that uh, Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong, that one. <laughs> that was good. Did you play Pitfall on Atari too? No, 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 Cuba? no. Well, I probably did, but I mean, you know, River Pac-Man Raid, was good. Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, um, Centipede. Space yeah. Invaders. Space Invaders yeah. was good, too. So you didn't get Missile into the Command. games, you know, Madden, college football, NHL 94 was fantastic. Not, I have played, but I wasn't like, you know, I got to play every day, eight hours a day, no. Your, your, your timeline today on Twitter was probably flooded with, we're in, uh... Because EA Sports College Football, they, they, they've released it. And all these schools, like, they're in the game. Well, of course you are, right? I, was that a campaign where every program had to tweet out that they're in to, to get in? It, it seemed kind of dumb. Of course you're in. Now all the big ones are. But, you know, when I see Sam Houston State, UTSA, Texas State, um, colleges I've never heard of, uh, they're all in the game because, of course, they are. Of course they are. Now, the, uh, co- I guess college football has been away from EA Sports yeah, yeah. Uh, for their games. They're coming back, and they're going to pay 11,000 players $600 each uh, for NIL purposes, right? Because they're going to appear yeah. uh, on the game itself. Mike Florio's not happy about that. And pro football talk, uh-huh. he says the uh, players ought to boycott that, that it's not enough money. Florio is an attorney, and he's probably right. Perhaps. But what's eleven thousand times six hundred? Well, it's uh, simple math. If it's you a can, lot. if you if you could add up all the zeros, but it's better than nothing. And I think just being in the game is cool for a lot of these kids. And it's something as opposed to when Ed O'Bannon said, "Dude, why am I not making any of this money?" Right. Well, and and that was the other thing people can. There's going to be some ESPN announcers in there. Uh-huh. Are they getting six hundred bucks? No, they probably make more. You yeah, think you so? Know, those announcers. I mean, think about how much Rob Thompson has made over his life for just saying EA Sports. Wow, the mailbox money that that dude gets is it? Is that, that's where he came from? Wasn't it? Well, I mean, he he stopped over there for a while. Stopped but yes. over there. Um, but yeah. I'm just pulling out my calculator here. I'm anxious you to see. You, you won't be able to understand what all those zeros are, Joe. You I, went I, to I, Texas State. I, well, you may, may be right, but uh, I'm sure Texas State is in the game. Mm-hmm. They are. See. 11000 times $600,000. Okay. It's a lot of money. Yeah. But to Florio's point that EA Sports is going to make a lot more than that. They are. But they're still a business trying to make money, and at least they're coming to the table. Do they work some side deals with some individual players? Maybe. But if you're, say, Arch Manning, are are you really going to try to get six thousand instead of six hundred? Are you going to try to get a hundred thousand? I mean, they they only have so much. I look. I hope not. But I think that's why the college football version hasn't been out for a while. Yeah, because of the NIL deal, and they had to come up with some kind of a a solution to it, and I guess this is it. I mean, those guys were in that game not getting anything yep. before. Now at least you're getting 600 bucks. 
and again, to Florio's point, for some it's not enough. I think for others, you know, it'd be it'd be fantastic. Um, I, I don't know. It's better than nothing, right? I, I, uh, yeah. No, I think it's great. What if your player eleven thousand and one? That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. How do they determine which eleven thousand? I don't know. Get the six hundred dollars. I mean, I'd the have application to look, process and how lottery. Many, how many college football players are there? Can't be a lot more than eleven thousand, if that many. I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a huge number, eleven thousand people. Think about how many colleges there are in all the different levels of college football. Jeez. I mean, think about all the Division One programs where there's well over a hundred, right? So you know, you go from like UIW at the Southland Conference out out, out to the SEC. There are a ton of college programs, all with you know, a hundred some on players on the roster, although, you know, 22 starters. There are approximately 858 football colleges. See? Spanning five different division levels. See? So I guess you add that up by what, 50? How many? Well, how, many uh, how many division one programs are there? And, and maybe, you know, is Trinity in the game? I didn't see the day tweet. Are, are, are they in the game? <laughs> I don't know. Can, can we play a game? Yeah, you know, Trinity against Alabama. Wow! And see what happens. Yeah, you're gonna they they get whacked. Oh well, I mean, not in the game because I'm I'm controlling it. Well, they'd still get whacked because your guys just you wouldn't be able to spin as well and jump as high. Is the portal available in the game? Because <laughs> I could stack my Trinity Tiger team. Dude, I hope not. <laughs> Why? I hope the portal's not involved. I mean, why not? I mean, tr- trade players. I want the portal to just go away. Yeah, well, I mean, get off my lawn, guy. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, uh, can we at least reduce it to one time a year? Uh, I mean, they're they're working on that. But, hell, they're, we're not even to a 12-team playoff yet, and they're already wanting to expand it to 14. And apparently it will go to 16 at some point. Yeah, of course it yeah. will. And then we're going to get to 64. You know, March Madness will be wow. football as well. That'd be the whole season. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, more football the better. I agree. Um, I know you're not a hockey guy. No, I'm not. But today is the 44th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. I hope Tony Romo watches this video today and hears how the broadcasters are letting the moment breathe. Everybody's got to learn. He's not a rookie. you got to learn. Al Michaels with one of the greatest calls. That doesn't even sound like Al Michaels, does it? It was 44 years Unbelievable, ago. Right? Al Michaels hitting puberty, calling the United States beating the Soviet Union 4-3 in Lake Placid. Because the Soviet Union was just a monster. Dude, right? I mean, they were they were unbeatable. They, they'd won five of the six previous yep. Olympic uh, gold medals. And so the United States had no chance, according to everybody as they entered into this thing. And I'll never forget, everybody was a hockey fan in 1980, if you were alive. Yep. That was huge. They had Ryan in there shaking his head like, he bragging? Yeah. Because he wasn't alive? He wasn't alive. Yeah. Well, you missed out, buddy. How about that? You missed out.
one of the greatest sporting moments ever. All, yes. All, all, uh, and so many people think that the United States won the gold medal with that game. They did not. No. That was not the gold medal game. No. 44 years ago. But the fact so, that they beat the Russians, I yeah. guess the Soviet Union back then, uh, same, I don't know, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they beat those guys. Nobody gave them a shot. 1980. Wow. I was only 45 back then. It's crazy. Isn't I was enough? seven. I remember watching that with my dad, who was actually allowing us to watch hockey well, of course. on ABC. Everybody watched that game. And the question, and I wish I could ask my dad a lot of things, but I wish sure. I could ask my dad, why were we watching it? Um, you know, cause there were, you know, I, I'm, you know, I was seven is my dad's not a hockey guy. Everybody um, watched it back then. But, but I don't remember watching the whole game, but I do remember, Hey, this is on. We're going to watch this. Of course. And you know, me and my brother had to come out of our rooms and, and we were watching this, you know, and, but how did my dad know that the game was good? It's not like he got Twitter uh, because that's yeah, what everybody yeah, in the whole uh, country uh, was talking uh, about but, back then. But, but again, though, I mean, but, but but again, going into that game, they weren't expected to win. I'm no. seven, right? So that game is on. At what point did we start watching it? Did we think, all right, we've got to do this? This is this is what's going on. Uh, we've we've got to watch. It's not like somebody texted my dad and said, "Dude, are you watching this?" Dude, every there was every no house he delivered mail to said, "Are you watching the hockey game tonight?" I, no, we were going to get killed. I don't. Re- doesn't I don't re- matter. I don't remember gathering around the TV like we did back in the day at the beginning of the game. But I remember seeing the end of the game. There was something that said, "Turn the game on when you're watching it." Have you always been this unpatriotic? Wow, for you to say that to me, <laughs> I was seven. I, 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 it was you hockey. Weren't waving a flag. It was hockey, dude. I'll never forget that. And I, I was actually. A lot younger then. But, I mean, everybody got into that. You watched it, and as it, as it went on, it was like, no, I remember, wow, this is possible. I remember watching the gold medal game. Yeah. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, like, like, I just remember hearing, and, you know, we've talked about it through the years, which has helped refresh my memory, that, you know, for whatever reason, we turned it on, and it was midway through the game, and we watched it to the end, and we couldn't believe it. Right, one, oh, of, dude, one of those things. It's incredible, and those guys became instant stars. Who was it? A Ruzioni? There you go. Yeah, Did he you. was the one guy that I remember, and I, there were a bunch of them. But <laughs> bunch great memories, guys. and I still get I still get chills when I hear that call. A young Al Michaels on the call. And let it breathe. And at Prime Video, some executive is shooting Al Michaels a text. Where is that enthusiasm for Thursday night football? (laughs) No kidding, right? Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. Thoughts on Major League Baseball expanding into San Antonio. There's a possibility. Here we go again. 
We'll talk about it next. Take your calls as well. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Major League Baseball coming to SA. Let's take your calls here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnix. Glad to have you along on this Thursday afternoon. Absolutely. You know, there's stories out there. And, you know, they come around and I, I get very little excitement. I, I, I worked up. I mean, here we go again to see that, you know, ESPN's got an article out by Jeff Passan about Major League Baseball expansion, and San Antonio is on the list. And, and and I just refuse to allow myself to get excited because how how many times has San Antonio been the carrot? You know, like, well, we're the leverage city. You know, if we don't get this, we'll move to San Antonio, and, and nothing's happened, right? Do you feel that way here? Yes, although the difference here is, and whether we like it or not, if if the NFL ever comes... Uh, in this vicinity, Major League Baseball, we're going to be tied to the hip with Austin. It's just going to happen uh, just because of their ability, the city of Austin I'm talking about, to provide some corporate sponsorship dollars. And I think um, we're going to have to get used to that. And that little corridor between San Antonio and Austin, uh, and heck, before long, Jason, it's gonna you're not going to know when you're out of town. You know, it's kind of that way. Now, one of the things that... Jeff Passan has is even the nickname, the Austin bats, which, you know, <laughs> there's already the Louisville bats, uh, but, but I mean, everybody wants a downtown stadium. So uh, in, in sports other than the national football league. So would, would quote unquote, our baseball team be in downtown Austin? Well, that ain't ours. That's theirs. That's theirs. I mean, if course. they put it downtown San Marcus on the square, uh, or, you know, in New Braunfels somewhere, that's one thing. But I, I look at it, and I, I sit there, and I'm like, yeah, I, j- I just don't see that happening. Especially, and as much as I love my city, but I see Charlotte on the list. Uh-huh. And Charlotte with their great downtown minor league facilities. Uh, Nashville is on the list. And everything seems to be going to Nashville and, and I get that. Yeah. I see Montreal on the list. Um, you know, Montreal is trying to split teams with, uh, the Florida guys. And, and I, I, I don't know. I, um, and I see Portland, Orlando, I could see Portland. There's a lot of talk in Portland. I keep in mind, I got a lot of family up there. The old, the Mariners don't have a natural rival, you know, geographically. So Seattle, Portland would make sense with the A's leaving, uh, Northern California to go to Vegas, uh, you know, just from a travel, I could see Portland actually doing more to get a major league baseball team than a shared Austin, San Antonio venture. I, I just don't know about Portland. I mean, uh, you hear just some horrible things about that city. Well, it's not lovely. No, it's not. And, and I've been to Portland many times, but, and it was a lot better than, than I hear it is now. So I, you know, that would be my only thing. Would it be, you know, viable in a city of Portland right now in its in its current state? I don't know. Nashville's a no brainer for me. I, I think uh, any sports team would want to go to Nashville. 
when it comes to San Antonio and Austin or either or, you got the the Astros to deal with. Is, is that going to I mean, would that affect well, the ability here for Major League Baseball? You know, and, and Salt Lake City is, is also on the uh-huh. list. So, you know, it's interesting. You bring up the Astros, but you don't bring up the Texas Rangers. Now, you the Astros s- are a lot closer. Uh, three hours versus four. Exactly. Right? It's a I, lot closer. I, 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 a whole hour. <laughs> I mean, depending on I-10. Um, back in the day. And I think the Astros become more of a threat for this for this region. Although the regional sports network used to be one of the the hangups, you know, like when there was the talk of the Florida Marlins, and I remember talking to Nelson Wolf about this: is where are we going to put them? But when the Astros tried to create their own network, the Texas Rangers signed a ridiculously uh, they paid their lawyers well deal with then Fox Sports Southwest for, for all of Texas and and their priorities and throughout the Southwest region. But now the way regional sports networks are looking, it's all going to be ultimately streaming anyway. So I don't know how much of the RSN is going to impact a team that's coming here because, you know, the Astros are back on Bally's just on an alternate channel. So you can watch the Rangers or you can watch – uh, the Astros, unless you have Dish Network, then you you don't get either because <laughs> Dish Network sucks and they hate sports apparently. But uh, you know, but you can get the app. You you know, you can stream it. So I don't know how much the regional sports network will impact the expansion of Major League Baseball when they go to add more teams, especially if they're going into an area that already has teams like in Texas that have regional TV deals already done. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. They've got to have a TV deal, right? I mean, you're not going to go anywhere without that because that's where the dollars are. Sure. My only concern, and, and I've had this concern, and, and, and perhaps I'm wrong. I'm willing to be wrong on this. I think for a Major League Baseball team, and the Spurs are successful, so maybe that's my answer right there, but a Monday night game against the Oakland Athletics. How many people are going to go? Are are you going to go? Especially if you have to travel, say, to San Marcos, um, if you're in San Antonio or even Austin. You know, an NFL stadium in that location, it's an event. It's a you going on a Sunday. It's a whole day, and and you're you know, you're doing it once a week. But these games during the the middle of the week, I'm just not sure what the support would be out of the city of San Antonio. Now, Austin, I can't speak for. Don't know the folks in Austin as well as I do San Antonio. Uh, maybe they would. I don't know, but um, that would be my concern with a major league baseball stadium. I, to me, it's got to be downtown, one of the two cities, but it can't be shared. I, I, well, I it, don't think it happens then. You know, and 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 that's a possibility. Um, or it goes to Austin. Like this passing article reads more Austin uh-huh. than it does There's San just more Antonio. Corporate dollars in Austin. There is with all the high tech stuff there. Well, I mean, they got our soccer team, so we'll take the baseball team. Well, that'd be fine. I'm I'm perfectly acceptable to that trade-off, without a doubt. And if, we still have better <laughs> breakfast tacos. Well, there's no quite. We have better everything than Austin. Now, Passon writes that uh, the biggest obstacle is the Astros, uh, because the Astros have so many fans uh-huh. in in this region. 
And I don't even know how true that is anymore. I mean, San Antonio used to be a diehard Astros town. It did. But when the Astros sucked, you know, 10, 12 years ago and weren't on television in San Antonio, that coincided with the Rangers going to a couple of World Series, not winning them, but going. And then their TV deal, and I think the the bandness shifted. And then there's a lot of people like me who are still fans of both. Now, I'm Astros first, but growing up, Astros are, I'm an NL guy, Astros are my National League team, Rangers are my AL team, and I'm sporting Texas. Now, they, they're both in the same division. I like both teams. Unless they're playing each other, then it's go Astros. I haven't bought a Rangers World Series anything. Uh, got a closet full of Astros World Series gear. So I know where my allegiance lies, but I like the Rangers. I, I'll root for them. San Antonio gets a team. I'm still going to be an Astro fan, but I'll probably dive in more San Antonio. Austin gets a team. The hell with them, right? I, I, I mean, there's something about I totally agree if, with if they go to Austin, it wouldn't feel shared to me. No. Like, if they try to bill it as a South Texas team or a South Central Texas team and the stadium's in Austin, but it's ours, BS. No, that's that's complete BS, and I don't think anybody from San Antonio would go for that. Now, it'd be nice to, if, if that did happen and you wanted to go catch a, you know, the Cardinals come to Austin, I'm there. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm going to go see them. Um, but I would On a Tuesday? Of course. But I wouldn't claim the team. Problem there is that first pitch is probably at 7 o'clock. I'd never get there in time. Well, I mean, you'd have to take a day off or kind of like when they're in Arlington. We'll just take the show on the road and do now, it from the ballpark. there you go, and that was fun. Uh, we need to do that again this season, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I just don't know how San Antonio, and that's always been my concern. When the Florida Marlins were here flirting with San Antonio, um, you know, and they did, and everybody thought, oh, this is it. This could be it. And, of course, they were just using us as most major league franchises do, use the city of San Antonio to get a better deal wherever they want to go or wherever they're at. I mean, San Antonio has been the bridesmaid so many times. uh, I can't count how many times that has happened. And it's unfortunate because it's a great city. Um, But that that would be my concern about a major league baseball team. Now, the Spurs, they're successful on a Monday, Tuesday night. So maybe I'm wrong about that, and I'm certainly willing to be wrong but that is a concern. And you don't say that very often. I don't. Even and though usually, you are, but you don't, you don't admit to it. At all. But in this case, I'm willing to be. Okay, fair enough. Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News is hanging out in Sacramento. Oh, He'll join us next him. as the Spurs continue their rodeo road trip. Jeff McDonald next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboys play here. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Spurs continue the rodeo road trip tonight in lovely Sacramento. That Uh-oh. is where <laughs> Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News is now and joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. So what do you do on a Thursday afternoon in Sacramento? Uh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's great weather. Great weather here. I, I only passed on the way to shoot around today from my hotel to the arena, the Golden One Center. I only passed like six bail bonds places. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Things are looking up. I tell you, I, I don't know what it is, uh, Jeff. Sacramento was never one of my favorite places to go. I don't know what it is about Sacramento. It's just one of those sleepy little towns. It's kind of, 
Let's just get out of here. Yeah, San Antonio talking about sleepy little towns. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're dangling a baseball team in, I know in, in, for us in San Antonio again. But uh, we know where that's going to go. Probably as about as well as the Spurs season has. Um, it, it's funny because it's the second half of the season, yet there's only 27 games left. Um, the way you described it in your article um, was, was, was perfect. But, you know, yesterday it chewed around. Is the, today it chewed around there in Sacramento. Is there motivation for these players to finish stronger? What is that motivation? Yeah, I think everybody's probably got their own little bit of motivation, right? Like, um, I mean, we'll leave Victor out of it. Victor's Victor. He's self-motivated. But, um, you know, for each of these guys, there's there's a little bit of motivation to kind of show what you got, whether you're like a Devin Vassell or a Keldon Johnson or a guy who's been around and is playing a lot you know, where do you fit next season? How, 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 you know, what, what can we expect from you next season? And when it's other guys kind of on the friends, like your Julian Champagne's or your, um, like Wesley's Malachi Branham's, like you got 27 games to, um, you know, give give us some kind of positive vibe going into the off season and, and give us a reason to, to really think that you're part of this, uh, the long-term future of this team. I mean, all, all those guys I mentioned are under, contract next season but how far beyond that do you fit into the Wimby project every game every minute every stretch of games kind of counts towards that so I think each guy on down the line has a reason to show management and the coaches um, that they belong here you know Jeff Devin Vassell said yesterday that Pop I guess had been working on some new plays and and unveiled them to the team what in the world do you think those are I don't know. I would. I'll be. I'll be interested to see too. I. I sometimes think that gets a little bit overblown. Like he's not reinventing the wheel, right? Like I don't think he came up with some crazy, like crazy action that's just going to take the world by storm. But I, I do think it's been a process all season long of learning how to play with Wendy. And I think earlier in the season, a lot of people, a lot of fans, even players, um, were were. Um, disappointed in how how, how um, like it seems like the easiest thing in the world to get the seven th- foot three guy the ball near the basket and earlier in the season I think the Spurs did not do a very good job of that I, I think they're still not perfect at it but I think they've gotten a lot better at it and finding him in places where he can get easy baskets and not have to work so hard for baskets I think they're getting better at that and I think that's that's been a lot of the focus offensively has been how to play with this this guy and I guess defensively as well it's the same kind of thing like all the rules go out the window. Like, like when you don't have a seven foot three shot blocker blocking everything behind you, you have to play that. If you're a guy guarding the perimeter, you have to play that guy differently. You have to differently than when you do have Victor behind you. But what I mean by that is you can let your guy go a little, not, you know, not Toro defense, but, but you can, you can jump off your guy. If he gets, if you're getting beat, switch to another guy and Victor will clean it up for you. And there was a lot of just, just earlier in the season, not really, um, maybe not understanding that, and I think maybe part of this break has been kind of understanding more how to play with Victor. I don't think Pop has like some kind of crazy Hoosiers play in the in the playbook that's going to, you know, take the world by storm. But yeah, I, I, I just I kind of heard that from Devin yesterday and thought, well, hell, why are they putting in new plays? It doesn't seem like they can run the ones that they have. Uh, let's not confuse them. Well, maybe that's them. why you put in new. Maybe that's why you put in new ones. 
Actually, it's the same old one. They he just presented it as new. Maybe they'll get it that way. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jeff McDonald of the Express News joining us here on the Blitz. Um, there was a uh, a photo floating around the internet that was taken at practice yesterday, like a PowerPoint that they put up with goals. And I feel like a lot of these really were intended for one person, Devin Vassell. Um, play with each other, accept your role, uh, uh, be responsible to your teammates, play for each other, be the best we can be, figure it out. Am I being too hard on Devin Vassell for him not seemingly realizing he's not the number one player, the number one option on this team? It's not his team, it's Wemby's? I, I saw that and I thought, like, did they just take this out of, like, the Judson Rockets field house or something? <laughs> Like it seems so, but uh, you know, Jim I don't Rackley know. Would I, be I, proud. <laughs> <laughs> and he would be loudly proud about yes. it too. Um, you know, I don't know about that. I, I think, I think like like everyone else, they're just trying to figure that. Devin's just trying to figure this thing out. If you go back to earlier in the season, uh, you know, we go to Los Angeles tomorrow. Last time I was in Los Angeles, I guess it's for that Clippers game. I remember in the pop pregame, his whole spiel on Devin was we're telling him he needs to be more selfish. We're trying to get him to, to to realize he can take shots and should take shots and should, um, you know, be a little bit of a a, a, a ball. Not he didn't use the word ball hog, but a ball hog. You know, and and so for Devin to hear that and then implement it, and then people say, "Why are you doing that?" Like it's it's a, it's always a fine line. They need Devin to be a scorer. Um, they they need that from him. He's their number two scorer right now. So they need need him to take and make shots. But yes, you also do have a guy that's better than you that, um, you know, needs the ball. That needs the ball. And it's, it's always a tough, it's when you're, when you're a guy in Devin's shoes, it's always a tough to know where the line is. Where am I being too passive and where am I deferring too much? And where am I, where should I defer? You know, what, what's the difference in that line? I think, and I think he's, like everyone else in this, he's trying to figure out how this all works. And I think, I think people forget about Devin. This is his first year to really be an everyday part of everything. Like he started off his rookie year. He's still playing on that team that DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay are here. And he's just sort of a guy that stands in the corner and shoot three, shoots threes. And then, um, you know, the next couple years, he's hurt half the year. Now, last year he started the year as a guy that was going to be get a lot of usage and get a lot of shots, but then he got hurt and was out for some, so, so much about half the season. So this is really his first year to really have this role. And on top of that, he's got to real figure out how to fit this role around Victor freaking Wimbanyama. It's a lot, it's a lot to ask for him. And we, I think we want these guys to get it right too quickly and to grow up too quickly. We to realize he's 23. He's only 20, only 23. He's been here a long time, but he's only 23. People complain about Sohan a lot this year. He's 20 years old. Like, he's barely older than Victor. So it just, I, 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 I mean, I get how fans are and how media is, and it's not wrong all the time, but also we just forget how young these guys are and kind of expect them to get it um, more quickly than it's probably, probably is fair. Well, and you're right. You must be listening to this show a lot, Jeff. I don't know. I mean, we complain a little bit too, and 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 rightly so. Look, we're spoiled. You know, the right. Spurs fans are 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 spoiled, and you know, from a fan standpoint, I I get it. You want to see this team win. We went through the tanking of last year. We thought it would be better this year, and it wasn't. How, in in your view, watching this team, why do you think it is so difficult? 
to get used to playing with a guy like Wimby? Um, I, I, it's kind of like what I said earlier. It's like everything you learned about basketball for your, you know, the first 23, 24, 25 years of your life. Now you have to relearn it. What, what used to be a good shot is now a bad shot because you have Wimby. What used to be a bad pass is now a good pass because you have Wimby. What used to be poor defense or, or, or um, you know, you, you not making the right rotation is now the right rotation because you have Wimby. And it's just it's, it's a lot of muscle memory to unlearn. And then it's also a lot of these guys are young, like I mentioned. And let's face it, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. A lot of these guys aren't NBA ready right now. They're playing NBA minutes, but they're not. If this was a team that was going to, you know, be a playoff team or, or competing for anything, these guys wouldn't be in the rotation. They'd be in the G League. So I, I think it's a combination of all that. I think when, you, when the Spurs do – get to the point where, okay, we're competing for playoffs now, like we're in it. Like a lot of these guys won't be here or they won't be playing the minutes that they're playing. They'll be replaced by other people. Yeah, and I agree with that. Jeff McDonald of the Express News here. I, I just look at this team and I think, uh, you know, Wemby obviously has a high basketball IQ. I think Trey does as well. And he'd be a great point guard when we get a, a, a legit starting point guard in San Antonio. Everybody else, I, I just, you know, and I know they're young and and it drives me nuts when I hear Pop say things like they've got to learn how to be pros. You know, they're they're not rookies. I mean, Devin's young, but he's on his second contract. Same with Keldon. I mean, at what point do we stop using their young as a legit excuse for why they're not playing well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point. I think what's fair to say is we all expected this to be better this year. Yeah, I think eleven and forty four. I don't think there's anybody involved with the team, any fan. And even even your most pessimistic fan, if you'd have told them eleven and forty four to start the year, I would have asked you, "Well, did Victor get hurt in November and he's out all year? Like, what happened?" Um, I think we all expected, "Hey, they won twenty two last year, and they're adding Victor Wimbanyama to basically the same group." Like, it's fair to expect them to win more than that. You know, maybe push thirty wins. I don't. I don't think it was realistic to think this was going to be an automatic playoff team or a forty win team or anything like that, I, I would thought that was a little too optimistic. But winning, winning more than you won last year when you add the number one pick doesn't seem like it should be too high of a bar to clear. And now we're looking at a team that's probably going to set the record for worst season in Spurs history in the first season of the Victor Wimbanyama <laughs> era. And I think anyone re- involved in it, that's, that's, that's just insane to say or think. Uh, it's crazy. So it's fair to think it should be better. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I think everybody thought it would be better. That's for sure. We can all agree on that. In, in your estimation, Jeff, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been covering the Spurs franchise for a long time. With a guy like Wimby, and I know you kind of touched on some of these guys won't be here, what kind of a mix would you like to see? A little, Some veterans brought in here to mix with some of these young guys? Is that the perfect scenario, the way you see it, or how do you see it? Like, I would be shocked if this summer isn't a summer to do something. And, like, yeah, maybe they don't I, – I, maybe they don't – maybe it's not an all-star. Maybe they trade for Trey Young. Maybe they don't trade for Trey Young. Maybe they can't make that work. But this is a summer to do something. Some, some kind of veteran help is coming. And if it's not a star, it's at least one or two guys that are NBA ready to help, maybe starter-level type players. I think this is the year to start building this up. You can't you can't be the youngest team in the NBA like multiple years in a row and expect to um you know continue to build. Like eventually 
eventually I, I, I believe in the internal growth. I think that's very important. I think that's how teams like the best teams are going to rebuild. It's how Oklahoma city did it to an extent. I mean, they did trade for, for their best player SGA, but everybody else, they've kind of built out around that. And so, um, I do believe in internal growth and how important that is, but eventually you, you, you can't just add a couple rookies and expect this thing to advance the way that you want it to. So yeah, you go look for a point guard and maybe it's not an all-star point guard, but it's a guy that's solid and been here and knows how to, uh, you know, play the position at an NBA level. And you go look for some three and D guys that can help you out there because the Spurs are sorely lacking in that area. So if the Spurs just like, I think, I think fans are maybe worried Spurs are just going to run it back kind of like they did this year. If they did that, I would a be shocked and like, who wants to come with me with the pitchforks down to the Ross <laughs> Bank Center? We'll storm a place. Like I'm, I'll, I'll lead that charge with everybody. <laughs> I, I, but I don't think that's the plan. I think the plan is to like we're going to get some guys this off season, and it might not be guys that you think, you know, move the needle in the way an All Star would. But I think there'll be guys that will help, and will help. Should be guys that will help, and will help progress this a little faster. I think they learned this year. I think if, if anything else, they, what they've learned from this year is some of the guys they were expecting to, like, some of the guys weren't 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 in the position. They're not going to fill the roles that you thought maybe they would fill. Like, I I think Devin has had a great season, but maybe he's not your number two on a great on a great playoff team. Maybe he needs to be number three. Maybe Kelvin needs to be a four or five. Maybe Sohan can do this, but not that. Like, they've learned a lot about themselves this year. I just it's all been kind of learning what they can't do rather than what they can do. And that's okay. That's knowledge that helps you. But now you know where the holes are and you have to go out and fill them this offseason. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News. You're in Sacramento. And with the uh, time difference in a shoot-around, I, I don't know if this was brought up at all or even if you're aware when it broke in the San Antonio Express News. It mentioned you pitchforks to the Frost Bank Center because it might be time to burn that thing down anyway because – the UT Board of Regents approved a plan today to lease or sell the Institute of Texan Culture property, which is where the, a lot of people think the new Spurs Arena, the Wemby Center, if you will, <laughs> is is going to go. Any talk of that today at shoot-around? Oh, no, there was no talk of that. Like, the players don't have any kind of any kind of sense of that. But I do, I do think it does seem to be, like, where this is headed. Like, they're not going to. They're not going to play in the in the. I was about to call it the AT and T Center. They're not going to play in the Frost Bank Center forever. Like that's a that's a that's a it's a building that's starting to get uh, obsolete, mm -hmm. outdated. It's one of the older ones in the league, to be honest, which seems crazy. Um, but I think downtown's where every arena is going now. Like Detroit has moved downtown. From, uh, from back in the day. So here we're in Sacramento. This used to be out by the, used to play in, and Arco is out by the airport. Like for the first 15 years I came to Sacramento, I never actually made it to Sacramento because you would just fly into the airport, which is kind of out on the outskirts of town. And the, and the arena was in between the airport and downtown. So I'd get as far as the arena and never ventured into downtown Sacramento. And then they opened the Golden One Center and I guess it was 2016. And I got to come down here and uh, see all the bail bonds places. So it was really nice. <laughs> Lucky you. Lovely. The but, Chamber but, of Commerce is going to send down, you a downtown, gift basket. Downtown is where it's at for most of these things. Like it's, I always thought that traveling 
the country going to different arenas and Spurs games in, in different arenas where how, how cool it is to come out of your hotel and just walk down the street and there's bars and restaurants between here and the, and the arena and people are already out there pre-gaming and there's kind of a festive atmosphere. And then after the game, you're walking back and there's, you know, it's still going on. There's people post-gaming, I guess you'd call it. And we just haven't had that in San Antonio since the uh, team left the Alamo Dome. And, you know, there's a, I, I, I don't really, I don't want to get into like the politics of it. Like should, should the taxpayers fund this move or whatever? I just, I'm just saying it's cool to have a downtown arena. And, and, our, and, and our tourists pay for it, so it's cool. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who needs them? Exactly. Well, uh, we do. I guess uh, we do. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah, that's exactly what it what it boils down to. Jeff McDonald of the San Antonio Express News at King Spurs tonight. Appreciate you jumping on with us there in uh, Sacramento. I had nothing better to do. To we be know. <laughs> we we realize. Yeah, we, we know where we are. <laughs> if you were in a cool spot, you would have well, said no, man. Next wait. time. I was going to say, you also know where I am, too. Yeah. 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 We're doing this today, not tomorrow when you're in LA exactly. for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, yeah. Good stuff. That's Appreciate a back you. Back to back tomorrow, man. You can, yeah, I, won't, I, won't, I won't have much LA time tomorrow. It's sad. It is sad. It is. It's a much better place in Sacramento. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> Palm trees in both places, though. So that's nice. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Yep. Jeff, always appreciate it, man. Hey, y'all take it easy. Appreciate it. Follow Jeff on Twitter at jmcdonald underscore S-A-E-N. Jeff McDonald, as all our guests do, on the Buyer's Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Glad to have you along on this Thursday afternoon. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for four. Well, I, I, I said howdy, be... you went howdy, howdy. I said howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah, uh, where's Jimbo? You don't want to go howdy, 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 howdy. Oh, howdy, 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 howdy ho. <laughs> howdy. There you go, Andrew. That um, was Elko, wasn't it, Mike Elko? Oh, that was Elko. Yeah, I thought that was Andrew. I don't howdy. Think, I don't think we have an Andrew Howdy. Do we? Howdy. That's Jimbo. Why don't we have an Andrew Howdy? Because I've got the Aggie coaches. Oh, we need to get Andrew on next about, time he's on. Why do you hate the voice of the Aggies? I don't. <laughs> We've always compared the coaches' Howdies. When did you get an Andrew Howdy? Well, let me hear Elko again. Howdy. That sounds like Monaco. Uh, well, I mean, to a degree, I could see that that being Monaco. No, Monaco's much better, a little well, smoother. He's a uh, he's a professional yeah. broadcaster. Well, Elko's just yeah, you know, he's a football coach. I think he's a little too enthusiastic with that howdy, howdy, howdy. 
Well, he just got a big old contract. He got a pocket full of money. He did. And they got a lot of money there at A&M. Yeah. A lot of money. But, but you play Jimbo. Howdy. He's not excited. He walked away with a truckload. Are, are you kidding? Did you ever listen to Jimbo do an interview? Dude, how could you listen to him? He's the only guy that can sit down with somebody for an hour and a half, and the whole interview is eight minutes long. That's exactly right. He's an auctioneer. Yeah. I mean, enthusiasm with his howdy. Quit being a wussy. That wasn't Jimbo. (laughs) But it's accurate. (laughs) Ow. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. So I do, I, howdy. And, and I will say, I like Jimbo's howdy better than Mike Elko's howdy. I do, personally. You're going to send him an email saying you need to work on your howdy? I, I think we should. You know, we ought to get him on the show, and we'll, we'll practice our howdies. He'd go for that. Yeah, spring football's about to start up. <laughs> to be fair, Jimbo's howdy was right before he was fired. Yeah, but I like it better. Howdy. That's a stressed howdy. Just more of a howdy. That's a... Elko's a howdy! Damn it, how many more howdy. of these do I have to do? <laughs> oh, that's the last one, huh? Howdy! <laughs> Dude, spring football is about to start. Yes, it is. I just We just got an email from UTSA. <laughs> exactly. Holy cow. So, yeah, that's well, that's a good thing. Love it. More football, the better. You got the combine next week in the NFL. Yeah, football season just kind of year round these it, days. It, it is year round. You know, I just I just got a a, a direct message from somebody uh-huh. about my bird problem. You're not going to mention the name, is that? Because, is this an anonymous howdy? If somebody sends a direct message, I kind of feel like that's private, right? And and I don't know this person, so I don't know oh, how okay, they are. I got right? You. It's all just right, one all of those right. random. Okay, here's a message because if you weren't in with us earlier in the show, I. I have an issue at the house that I've got to figure out because a couple of days ago, I noticed there was just a bunch of stuff Uh on my front porch. Now, when you're walking up to the house, you know, there's a big archway and then a long covered um, entryway, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, it's been windy. So there was all the, you know, but it wasn't just like leaves. It's just stuff. Right. But I took the blower and I blew it out and it was nice. The yard guy was there yesterday, and I noticed this morning there was all kinds of stuff on the front porch. <laughs> I was thinking, well, damn, man, my, my yard guy's really good, but I, I can't believe he didn't you know, blow out the front entryway. So I get the blower, and I go to blow, and there's a bird in the lights building a damn nest. Now, how did you notice that if you're blowing the... the- the floor, did you, you just happen to look up? Did it tweet yes, at I, you I, or I, what? I, it tweeted at me. Yes. Yeah. It, it gave me the bird. <laughs> it, it might have literally given me the bird because I took the blower and aimed it at yeah. him and it didn't bother him. What? Right? <laughs> He's, he or she, whatever, it, it's building a house. It's Probably felt a, like you was at a salon. Building a nest. Getting a blow dry. Exactly. Um, you walk out and you, you, you know, I mean, it is, I don't know how high it is, but it, it's, you know, I don't even know if I could change those lights standing on a ladder, to be honest well, with you. Dude, we're talking about you, well, okay? I don't think you could change those <laughs> lights standing on a normal ladder. Okay. Now, Pledge would have easily climbed the wall and do it on, on a regular <laughs> ladder. I do have one of those extension ladder uh-huh. things that would That's how you that change would it? Work. Well, I don't know. I've never changed that light. You're kidding me. You've no. been in that house for multiple years. Three years. Yeah, and it's, you've never changed I've it. I've never changed that light. 
Wow. It, the lights have never gone out. Holy cow. Do you I, leave your light on all night or no? All night, every night. Wow. Yeah. The lights well, have I, never gone out. I want to find out what lights you're using. I, well, ask Siddeley Homes. They're the ones that put them in. Holy I cow. mean, literally, I've never changed those lights. That's impressive. I have other lights in my house that seem to go out every other week. Uh-huh. But that front porch light has been great. But now I've got a bird that is building a nest in that light. My first thought was, well, that's nice. And then I remember my neighbor across the street, she's had a couple years ago a bird yeah. doing the same thing, building a nest, and it attracted snakes. Oh, wow. Like one time, you know, a snake was like on the wall. Like like the snakes are trying. So I got to get rid of this thing because I'm not doing anything that will attract a snake to my house. It's funny because I just saw a reel, and I don't know how these things, you know, just kind of pop up on my phone as I'm wasting time. Snakes go in when mama's gone, and they eat the eggs. Yeah, well, I, that's I what mean, they do. Well, so I, I you know, I'm going to get rid of this thing. You know, my my first thought, the bird, right? Uh-huh. Because I, I mean, you know, my, again, you're building a nest. It's yeah. There. I got to figure out how to get rid of this you thing. You get rid of it. So I ordered a couple of those plastic owls on Amazon. <laughs> They'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, that doesn't really work. Other people say it does. What's the homeowners association going to say about you having two scary owls I on your porch? I don't give a damn. Our <laughs> homeowners association has apparently other things to worry about, like speed bumps that nobody wants except for one lady. So I, 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 I and if they send me a letter, let them send me a yeah. letter. But how do you safely, humanely, get rid of this bird's nest, right? Um, and then keep keep it from coming back. Now, a guy sends me a message and a link to buy these spikes. Spikes? Spikes. Like you see on some buildings. The And I'm like, I, I can't put that. Well, first off, I couldn't reach the damn light to put these things in there. <laughs> but do you really want spikes on your... On your porch light? No, probably not. But he's inside the light, right? Well, or I mean, inside I th- the I, I, case. I, I think the spikes would keep it from getting in there. Uh, you know, because otherwise you'd have, for lack of better words, chicken on a stick. You, you would, <laughs> yes. Right? I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I see these, and I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna work. What kind of bird oh, is it, Jason? It's a great idea, Jim. It's one that has wings and flies. You don't know what kind I it is. Have, I mean, I'm, is it I'm a, not a birder. Is it a meadow lark? Is it a oh, robin? Is it a is it a you know, a dove. It's not yeah, it would be a dove. It's not a dove. I don't know what a metal lark is. Um, <laughs> he played basketball for the Harlem Globetrotters. Well, that, it's not him. I didn't know if you were naming a bird. It, 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 it's not a blue jay. It's not a cardinal. It's it's not one of those big, ugly black birds that you see flying it's around. It's a small bird. It could be like a, a sparrow or, or the, the next thing up from a sparrow, uh-huh. whatever model that one is. That, that, yeah, you, you know, know. The, 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 those ones. The economy that, sparrow? Yeah. It's, it, well, it's more like the SUV. Cause the it, electric it, one. It, well, it, it, was, it, it wasn't massive, like, uh-huh. but it wasn't a little nothing bird. Right. Right? I don't know. It's a bird. It's a bird that will eventually not live at my house. Now, I'm wondering if this is I'm a, not subleasing is, the front porch. It's a male bird. Do they have to, like, build a house to impress the female, so... They can go on and and have the have the eggs. I don't know if it's a male bird or a female bird. I'm just curious. Well, you can tell because how do you tell? You can tell because the male birds are prettier than the female birds. 
It's absolutely well, a fact. Right. Well, I know, like with cardinals, you see the beautiful ones that right, right? and those then, are uh, male birds. Well, this bird's a bird at this point. I okay, I, 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 I didn't see its mate to compare. Well, we need to the do- beautiness of these birds. We need answers, Minix. That's the problem. I mean, you need to you need to chronicle this journey. As soon as you get those owls it, it delivered tomorrow, unwrap them, and I, I want. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, need, I need to get sound effects. We in. need sound effects, uh-huh. and we need uh, we need to chronicle this little journey you're on. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, one day you can show your grandkids, and no, I'm hoping that this is a uh, <laughs> uh, you know I get it taken care of pretty pretty quick. I just want to see that bird uh, give the bird to those owls. See, I mean, you don't catch a bird. Well, and here's the thing, because I I got to figure out how to a remove the nest. And then make sure nobody else tries to build a nest there, too. Because (laughs) somebody has figured out this is a pretty good spot to build a nest. Well, sure it is. It's undercover. But somebody tweeted earlier, said earlier, that uh, they let a bird do that one time, and now the bird comes back every year. Every year. That's a problem. Uh Uh-huh. Because, you know, right now I don't have a lot of bird crap on my my, uh, front porch. That'll change. That will change if a bird starts living in the light. Right now it's just... Whatever he drops or she drops while trying to build the nest. <laughs> what the hell that is? Sounds like a frog. <laughs> that somebody's half stepped on. What the hell is that? Well, I, I, I sure want to, and everybody listening, I'm sure, wants to know how this turns out. Well, I mean, I, I'm not the only one that has dealt with this. Well, I'm sure but you're, I know, you're but not. I, but this has got to stop. So you're, I, you're opposed to the spikes. I'm I'm a little bit. I mean, they're not overly attractive. All right. I mean, you see those like on buildings and shopping centers. And 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 restaurants, too. You know, especially at the coast to keep those ugly ass seagulls. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I I don't want to go that route, (laughs) but I don't want birds laying eggs up there that become snake food. No, you don't. You don't. The last thing I want to do is walk out of the house and have a snake on my wall <laughs> or see? anywhere near my house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, those snakes are aggressive. Well, they're they bite hungry. you on the head. They might. I mean, I've seen that video, too. That guy opens his door and a snake bites him right on his bald spot. And, you know, and I'm a target-rich environment you are, for that. You He's going to get me from right behind. There. I wouldn't see him coming. <laughs> That's a little game he plays with his buddies. Well, and, and, and you know, and the crazy thing is, rarely do we walk out our front door. You know, uh-huh. we're garage door people, unless right, we're right. catching an Uber, sure, and, and and going out the front door. And so, you know, chances are I'm going to come back, and um, you know, I I just I just I, I got to figure out how to get rid of this thing. So, if you know a way to get rid of not only the bird but the bird's nest and keep birds from building there ever again, you know, I I, I need your advice. Tweet at me at Jason Minix. At Joe Reinagle 210, because Joe's laughing. Karma's a bitch. He's going to come home and have this same problem sooner rather than later. Wow, this is interesting. Yeah, here. Rob's yeah. got an idea. Hey, Rob, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? So, first of all, certain birds are protected, and you can't remove their nests. This but one's not. Once, okay. <laughs> once you do remove the nest, then... Just get a, a small little mirror, maybe some double stick tape, affix it in that area, and they will not come back. They think it's another bird, and they can just fly away. Wow. I've done that before, and it was a very good fix. How about that? Is, is that a better fix than the owl? 
<laughs> well, if you have a small dog, then your your dog's also at risk. Well, no, they, it's, <laughs> a, a it's a plastic owl that you can order on Amazon for twenty bucks. Oh, the plastic owl. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you like the, the way a plastic owl decorates your home, then <laughs> not really. But I'll live with. I'll, I really don't. But I'll live with it if it gets rid of a damn bird. Yeah, go with a small mirror. It's less. Uh, that's obvious and just as effective. Dude, I just want to see those owls hanging from your front porch. <laughs> Dude, I only bought two. Should I get ten? You the should. A, a, a flock of owls living here. Stay away, bird man. Stay away. <laughs> oh, this is funny as hell. Never knew he was so into Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> Who? What does Harry Potter have to do with this? <laughs> the owl. Now, Jacob Eric, or Eric Jacob, uh, I'm not sure if which is, I, I'm assuming, he said, what if the owl attracts real owls? You know, an owl be flying by, see your owl, mistake that for a nice female owl, and I mean, want to get with her. If if uh, if the owl wants to go to town and get rid of birds at the same time, I'm, I'm good with that, because the owl's not going to stick around and build a nest up there. Do owls build nests? I would assume it's a <laughs> I'm, bird. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But, but I don't think they I, I don't think they could build a nest and live in a little light. No, probably not. And if it wants to try to create an extra owl with my plastic owl, I really don't give a damn. <laughs> as long as the video cameras catch it, because that kind of thing would go viral. <laughs> well, that might be a, an owl's version of a of a doll. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. <laughs> Well, I like porn. <laughs> Ryan Eagle, sometimes, man, oh. I wonder about you, my friend. Oh. I just I want this documented, man. This is a this is a this is a Netflix special. Minix and his bird problem. <laughs> oh no, man, it, it ain't gonna be a problem. I mean, e either somebody is in the uh, nest removal business and is gonna <laughs> send me a message and get some money tomorrow. Uh, the owls are going to do the trick, or um, um, I mean, but you're working against the clock here. I mean, well, once yeah, that no, because right? they're building the nest. Yeah, I mean, I got to get this done before any once eggs, are, eggs in there. are in there. Well, you're you're you know, done. Yeah, well, not really. We could yeah. safely move the eggs. Somebody's. Got... That's why this has to be or, documented, or, or you know, or the snakes will get it. No, 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 because <laughs> they're still hibernating, right? It's not yet snake. Sna it's not snake season yet, dude. I don't want to know what snakes are doing right now. Well, as long as they're away and doing whatever it is they do, and they're not crawling then you around have a in snake the yard, wa waddling down your your street. Oh, that was long. That was in the summertime. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. he's not with us anymore. He won't be a problem. Okay. Yeah. I mean, snakes go with the weather, starting to warm up. Revenge. Yeah, but not completely warm, right? So, yeah, but, you didn't see Jaws too. They come back for revenge. That snake? Well, it's his family. I mean, he was cruising by himself down the street. I don't right. think he knows where he was going. Well, he I might. Think that particular snake got kicked out of the house, and he was looking for somewhere else to go. And, uh -huh. uh, he he met a nice shovel. <laughs> uh, need document documented proof for everybody's entertainment, Jason. You want to you want to entertain the folks. The bird nest removal guy that listens to this show. Is there one? I'm sure. There has to be. I mean, somebody knows how to deal with this. But that can't be just somebody's business. It's got to be all in 
compassing, like critter removal. Wouldn't a bug spray guy come and do that? I don't know. It's a good question. We need an ending to the story because it's obviously just beginning. You know what I am grateful for is apparently we don't have a lot of birders listening to this show. <laughs> the PETA types that would be on me about uh, letting nature be nature. It wouldn't matter Which I'm anyway. fine with, except for there could be a snake. Right. And I'm not dealing and with poop. that. And poop. And yeah. Yeah. Now my neighbor Hal is chiming in. Yeah. See, Hal, they're coming to your house, brother. Yeah. And I'm getting rid of them. There's, I'm sending them over to your place. <laughs> And then you can send them down to the next house. Uh-huh. All right. What shall we name the owls? That's a good question. Look at Brian just says, well, climb up the ladder and use your hands. Um, Brian? <laughs> sounds like a great idea for somebody else. Yes. First off, quite frankly... Even on a ladder, I'm not reaching that thing. <laughs> I mean, being honest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And neither are you. It's that right? high up there, dude. I would need Wemby on a ladder to uh, really to to reach that. Yeah, I guess I've never I've never looked up when I've gone to gone to your house. Yeah, yeah but I, have, I mean, I have high ceilings to be with with the porch. You know, is, well, I'll have is, to look up next time and see well, what we're be, dealing with if you come over tomorrow be careful because something <laughs> might hit your forehead i'm waiting to till you get rid of that problem then i'll be over name the owl hootie and the other one blowfish yeah right i mean good killer owl names <laughs> like you might be getting some advice here on the uh, phone lines well we'll see Pleasure, yeah pleasure we'll get it taken care of We'll dive into that. We'll keep 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 delivering any advice because uh, I've never dealt with this situation as a homeowner. Well, if, once somebody comes over and takes starts taking care of this, you just need to get out of there. Go have a drink. Well, Greg Thurston tweets in. He's got a great name for our killer owl, a <laughs> classic owl coming in. Yeah. Indy, as in former Rice Owl Indy Kalu. <laughs> I don't know That's if Indy idea. would appreciate that, though. Well, he is an owl. He is. And he was a killer. Yeah. Defensive end. There you go. That works. That'd be very good. Are you getting any advice for not, your bird problem? I, well, not good advice. Not not advice that I'm down with. Um, fake snakes. No. I, I, fake snake sounds good, but even as James Pledger said in in the commercial break, problem is, you know, you come home after a night of drinking, you see a fake snake there, and you scare the hell out of yourself, yeah. and Pledge would hurt himself trying to get away from, from the fake snake. Well, Pledge, And I don't know that I would be any different. Pledge has hurt himself trying to get away from things. I don't know that he was trying to get away. <laughs> It was just time to go. I just think that was rough. <laughs> I agree. He met his match. Yes. <laughs> Ended up with a rug burn on his face. He did, yes. Which I'm not sure was a rug. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it was Harry. 
Yeah, I'm not Gary enough. There's too much stubble. <laughs> yeah, in three days needed to be a little more hairy. Need a razor. <laughs> a little too much stubble. Well, if that's the case, never Ooh, mind. Holy cow! It's a miss. <laughs> By the time he looked up, it's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> it's a lot of movement happening. What happened? Speaking of movement, <laughs> we might have our first bit of movement on a new Spurs arena. That's right. This is big, and and the timing of it is is about right. The... UTSA, the uh, Institute of Texts and Cultures today, the Board of Regents, whatever, all the political stuff, they've agreed to sell or lease the land where the Institute of Texts and Cultures currently sits. Perfect spot. And negotiating, to, but they'll only sell to one, one entity, the city of San Antonio. Right. So it's not for sale. You can't go buy it. I can't go buy it. A bank can't go buy it. Uh, the city can't. Sure. And that's the plot, the area, that while you hear about all these different downtown arena locations, that's the spot, it's the that, perfect spot. that comes back most when it comes yes. to the new Spurs Arena, the future Wemby Center. This is step one. And I know that the Frost Bank Center, the AT&T Center, is, it, 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 it's, it's getting time to where it's time for a new arena. This isn't a one of those cash grabs. Just put some more money into the Frost Bank Center and make it look pretty kind of things. It's time for a new arena. It's almost 30 years old, and it will be close to 30 by the time all the stuff gets done for the new Wemby Center to open. You know, those things take a couple, three, four, five years to build. So the timing of it is perfect. The Spurs organization... If that's the case, if that is truly what is happening here, we're connecting dots because nobody's willing to confirm anything right now, but this is the logical first step. Mm -hmm. The big thing that that is worth watching when it comes to the uh, city-county politics is the Frost Bank Center is owned by Bear County. The site is going to be least sold to the city of San Antonio. And so I wonder if there'll be any political stuff there with, say, a mayor and a and a county judge who's now Peter Sakai, not Nelson Wolf. But you know, you know, but but obviously it goes from county control to city controlled. But that also would mean we wouldn't have to deal with a rodeo road trip like the no, Spurs are going to continue tonight. Rodeo can be happening over at the Frost Bank Center and at the new Wemby Center. The uh, the Spurs can play basketball. Might also put us back in play to host an All Star game. A lot of other things have to happen, though. The NBA is increasing its uh, requirements sure. for All-Star games. And, and right now, according to that list, we don't, um, we don't measure up to that. So, uh, But I, I think it's good because, look, the Rodeo Road Trip, while it used to be a rallying cry for the Spurs when they were dominant in a dynasty, it's, and now it's just kind of a pain in the in the behind. Well, and even then it was a pain in the behind, but well, we all, sure. but we dealt with it because you didn't have options. But right. it was always the start of the 
the push toward the playoffs. Yeah. And so everybody looked forward to it. And if you had a successful rodeo road trip, then you knew you were playoff ready. And well, what, what team loses their building for a couple of weeks? Cause the circus, they, they have their circus trip. A lot of, a lot of arenas yeah, deal happens. with that. Right. So, um, but it is, it is one of the, the cool things. And I say cool things that way that downtown arenas. And if you travel around a lot, you you see this, you know the missions. I know we're still in talk about a new downtown ballpark. Yep. And if you go to Memphis, if you go to Nashville, you go to some of these other cities, and you see what other cities have and how cool those those arenas are, uh, or downtown stadiums. It makes sense. I'm all a hundred percent on board with the idea of going downtown arenas or being somewhere where you have an entertainment district associated with the arena. I know in Phoenix, their basketball arena is right downtown, right by the baseball stadium. The football stadium and the old hockey arena, and Phoenix is about to lose their hockey team, but that arena that the hockey team used to play in, while it's way the hell out in Glendale, which is like driving from San Antonio to you know New Braunfels, it's there's a whole entertainment district there. There's so much going on that you could do before or after events, as opposed to driving out to the Wolf or driving out the Frostbank Center. You go to the game and you leave, and there's nothing else to do. Well, and in downtown, you wouldn't have to build uh, a, an entertainment district. It's already there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're they downtown. might add stuff to it, perhaps, perhaps. But I mean, still, it's 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 all right there. I just remember Phoenix. You know, the people didn't stay after the game. Everybody got the hell out of there. Uh, for a Suns game afterwards, and went somewhere else to party. So, uh, but before the game, it was it was packed. You know, and and what I've noticed the last couple, like I went to a Suns game in downtown Phoenix last year because Phoenix has done some things to build up their downtown area. Their downtown area used to be sleepy. You had Marley's yeah. place, and uh-huh. uh, um, was it Alice Cooper's bar? Which I don't even think <laughs> I don't think that place survived COVID. But, oh wow! Um, but they've done some stuff to build up right around the arena. So after a concert, after a basketball game, after an event, there was more to do than just get on the train, which is another thing, and get the hell back out of town, out of downtown, yeah. the, whatever neighborhood you live in. Well, that's that's interesting. And that's what people want. I mean, you want to be able to go and have dinner perhaps and a few drinks and then maybe afterwards let the traffic die down. So that's good. This is a perfect spot for a Spurs arena. I'm, I'm happy for the city of San Antonio, for sure, but I'm happy for the Spurs organization uh, that this appears like it's going to get done. And, uh, you know, four or five years from now, because by the time you plan this thing, and I just hope that, and this is nothing against the Frostbank Center. Well, maybe it is. Yeah, it is. Can, can it be a little more modern looking, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, just I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe a little... A little more modern than a than a barn. I mean, it's got a rodeo thing. Uh, well, it does, and and it will be interesting to see what happens with the Frost Bank Center. I'm not saying it's going away, but um, you know, you're going to have to start searching for stuff to put in there once the Spurs are no longer a legit, uh, you know, renter. Yeah, Jacob Eric says cities that have actual sports districts are the best, and we want to be the best. So, yeah, make it happen. Yeah. Mayor Ron. Looks like it's happening. Step one, Peter Holt. Yeah. Get get it done. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's start building uh, and, and get the baseball uh, stadium done, too. Let, 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 you and know. Obviously, though, and, that's going to have to go somewhere else. Well, I, I mean, 
depending on what the plan is, could you have both kind of right in I the same area? I don't. Well, maybe in the same area, but I don't think on the same plot of land. That that's not big enough because behind it is the hemisphere tower, right? And and yeah, but there. I mean, I, I mean maybe. Um, I mean, Maybe move dirt. Let's go. Well, let's go, uh, and then yeah. boy, well, just well, take well, just take an Uber well, down there because yeah, there'd be no parking. Well, I mean, there would be a garage in, in, involved <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I would imagine. You know, I mean, yeah, the Alamo Dome has eighteen spots. Uh huh. And we park yeah. over there. You know, a lot of front yards, man. You know, people got to make money. They do one too. way or the other. Absolutely, we'll make it happen. Uh, speaking of money, Money Manzel sat down with Shannon Sharp yesterday on Club Shay Shay. <laughs> Had a lot of interesting things to say including about the A&M NIL program before there was an NIL program. We'll talk about it next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Jim Rome. Join me weekdays at noon on my new home, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minnix. Before 6 o'clock, just before 6, we're giving away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. So if you've done some grilling, upload those photos to sasportstar.com for your chance to win. Can't wait. There's some good uh, good entries on there today, as there always is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yesterday, Johnny Manziel sat down with Shannon Sharp on the Club Shay Shay podcast. Club Shay Shay Stop. Um, yeah. Dude, I mean, Shannon Sharp's killing it. Yeah. And, and this interview was incredible, just over two hours. And I know we played uh, some of it yesterday. Uh, you know, his pledge was going through uh, the over two hours and, and, you know, what he was able to get for us yesterday. And then, then I'm driving downtown last night to go to dinner, and, and I hear Pledge say, man, this is the most incredible thing that I've heard at this point. And it was about the Aggies NIL system before uh-huh. the NIL system. Right. Apparently, apparently, according to Johnny, without his knowledge, Daddy was negotiating with Kevin Sumlin for Johnny to stay in College Station. I'm leaving to go to the draft. I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of 2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January. I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sumlin and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as as today as he did when he told me. He laughed. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year, and we would have ran it back and right. gone for another one. Right. But he comes to someone. He asks him for X amount. Someone, pff, he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. Right. And then you start that next year, okay? I leave, decide to go to the NFL. This deal doesn't work. Kevin, someone kind of blows us off. We can do this without you type of vibe. Okay? So the fall comes around. 2014 A&M football season. Kenny Hill is named our starting quarterback. We win our first five games of the year. We're 5-0. We're top 10 in the country. 
I ain't getting no love in the program. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I, I remember hearing it, and they talk about uh, Johnny who? Who? Because he had, he, I think South he had like Carolina, a, five touchdowns, first oh, game of the season. Okay, okay. So you, you, you remember hearing it also. So hold on, I want to make sure, I, wanna, I got a backtrack. Yeah, back it up. You said your dad went to Kevin Sumlin. Yep. And says for $3 million. We're staying for two more. Now, you do realize this is prior to NIL. I agree. This, this, so this is a, a backroom deal. Went on for 30, 40 years before. It was the same way that was happening when you was getting recruited back in the day. And you guys, you know, y'all, Texas A&M got money for I mean, Texas A&M, nobody got no money like Texas A&M. Y'all got the big dogs. I ring, baby. Y'all got the big dogs. And so $3 million, if he had gone to any of the boosters and said, you know what? Done. Johnny Dad said he'll stay for an additional two years. If we just break him off three mil. Just keep it in cash. Throw it somewhere. We'll get it later. We don't need it right now. Right. But for my security, if something happens for two years down the road. Right. And my dad did this without me knowing. And I ain't mad at him about it for right. nothing. It's right. the way the business worked back then. Right. There was a bag man. There was a bag man at LSU. There was a bag man at Bama. There was a bag man at every school right. around the country if you were competing for a national title. So it was what it was. And it was always that way until we're into the NIL portion of everything now the way it should be you know the, the, the that's an, a great story interesting story but i got a couple of issues with it all right number one johnny's dad went and tried to negotiate this without johnny's knowledge sure okay um and it was three million dollars johnny said i heard on this podcast his dream was to go to the nfl johnny made 7.7 million dollars in the nfl why do you stay at A and M for three million dollars? It's a great question, and I, and I, it, you know, it's like people right now. Well, Caleb Williams, he doesn't want to go to you know wherever. He should stay in school. He'll make more. Same with Bryce Young. Or the amount of money in the NFL is so much more than what you're getting with NIL. Now, yeah, without a doubt. Now, I don't know. Is that three million? Three million per? So that'd been six million. So I, 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 it didn't I, sound like it. It no. sounded like three million will stay for two years. And at the same time, I mean, maybe his dad didn't really know what his NFL prospects were going to be. Uh, maybe his dad, you know, listening to some agents and, you know, they go to the different schools and you get your draft grades. And if you are not getting a first round grade, maybe you, you go back to try to get that first round grade. Although, you know, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of things go in. I, like the math doesn't add up on a lot of different. I mean, ways. how how upset would you be? And I just think of me. I'd be, Dad. What the hell are you doing? My dream is to go to the NFL. I can make more money in the NFL. Now you've made a deal with Kevin Sumlin, and I got to stay here for two more years. Now for the fans, it would be fantastic. Love to have seen Johnny Manziel a couple more years at Texas A and M. But for Johnny, doesn't sound like a great deal. Now. We don't know all the layers to that onion. Maybe it's three million <laughs> from this bag man. Say, so, I mean, because we already know based on his documentary, he's getting a hundred grand to go sign some autographs here. So there might have been other sources of income. So that three million gets you there. But maybe he thought he could. His dad thought he could make ten or fifteen because you know there's bag man everywhere, right? Sure. Um, the abilities to go out and make other under the table money. Do you credit Kevin Sumlin for saying no? 
um, you know, and the implications that could have come if they would have been busted. Um, and, and again, we're all naive to think that stuff like that wasn't happening at every school. Of course, every, it was. every, everybody, he's right. Everybody has a bag, uh-huh. man. You know, the, you know, the cash handshakes or sure. Hey, uh, can you go over to the secretary, grab that envelope and take a ticket over to, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Smith and, uh, Whatever's in the envelope, I said, just give them the ticket. You keep the envelope. That right. kind of stuff. Sure. I've heard stories like that from so many different former players. Absolutely. It, it, it was happening. Uh-huh. The math doesn't add up for a first-round guy. If you are a third-round, fourth-round, fifth-round draft grade guy, yeah, $3 million in college seems a, a whole lot better. But I, with knowing Johnny and what he was going through with everything that we have learned – I think three million is just scratching the surface from dad that there would have been a lot more money elsewhere. And that's why. And how does he come up with three million? That's a million and a half a year. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it, it, he, as he said with his own mouth, being in the NFL was his dream. Yeah. I'd have been a little uh, pissed off at Dad although, had he made that deal, and I wasn't aware of it. Although three million tax free is about seven million after the uh, you know the seven yeah, million uh, you get into that uh, near fifty percent tax bracket. Well, what's the? I mean, uh, we don't know. I mean, I don't know what the tax rules are in Ohio. It's certainly not like California. Now that'd be a different thing. No, but I mean, you know, you get into that kind of tax bracket, and you're you're way up there. So I mean, after taxes, seven million is. I, just, close. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, if if my dad would have gone and made a deal with somebody behind my back and said, now I'm stuck here at Texas A&M for two more years, I think I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be a little upset now. All right. You play Johnny. I'm going to play Johnny's uh-huh. dad for a minute. You think you're mentally mature enough to go to the National Football League? You're not. So I got you $3 million to stay in school while you grow the up. Uh-huh. And so, Dad, what happens if I have uh, a catastrophic injury and my dream is to play in the NFL and all I'm going to get is $3 bucks? Well, that's $3 million you wouldn't have. Well, you take out an insurance policy then. Well, and maybe they would have. Uh, Lloyd's of London. It, it, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. It seems... I like, just my it, biggest it, problem is that the fact that he did this behind Johnny's back. I mean, I would have liked, uh, hey son, I'm going to go to Kevin Sumlin and 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 say, is what do you think about that? You know, again, son, I'm playing Johnny's dad. <laughs> yes, plausible deniability. Uh huh. You know nothing about this, so you can't get in trouble for this until the three million shows up. Three million was probably going to his dad. I mean, maybe I don't know. I I mean, it's even worse. But 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 I I agree with you on all of it. Uh But I can also look at every aspect of this and come up with a reason why Johnny knows nothing about this. He can't get in trouble. Maybe I don't trust Johnny with three million dollars, or to know that I'm asking for (laughs) three million dollars, Dad. (laughs) Um, But maybe I don't think you're ready for the National Football League because I'm seeing how you're handling this. Can we, and I just want to preface this for everybody. Say, this is Johnny's truth. Yeah. Right? I mean, we haven't heard from Kevin Sumlin. He hasn't responded to this. So I, I don't know if any of this is accurate. It, it, I'm sure Johnny believes it's true. He believes his father. But we're hearing one side of the story. Oh, we are. And, and you know, and it was a very, it, 
the documentary in this interview with Shannon Sharp showing a lot of vulnerability for, for Johnny Manziel as he is dealing with what his life has become and meeting expectations, not meeting expectations, his public perception. He, he's owning it, and, and, no, I, appreciate and I appreciate that. that. Yes. But, man, is he also telling some good stories. Great stories. Even about Cliff Kingsbury, his offensive coordinator, and one of the reasons why he was so damn successful. Cliff Kingsbury put together an unbelievable game plan for us offensively that highlighted our strengths, that kept us from being too vulnerable in a defense like that. And for the first half of that game, they don't know what the f*** is going on. We're running option with go routes and all. We are just unleashing the Cliff Kingsbury-like creativeness Mm -hmm. of a football playbook for an air raid. You know, this wasn't old Mike Leach air raid. This wasn't anything that Lincoln was doing, wherever. This was just its own subtle thing, our own, you know, particular thing. Right. That was tailored to me being able to run the ball the way that I could, as well as having an unbelievable like offensive line to be able to handle what they were throwing right. at us. Luke Jokel, Jake Matthews, Cedric Aboya, these are all first round picks mm-hmm. in the NFL and some really, really solid players. Right. Wow, I forgot you guys had that kind of offensive line. Yep. So that's why they were able to hold up. Shannon's <laughs> getting into it. It, it, it was a great. It, it's 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 a very entertaining interview, and uh, I, I I appreciate Johnny humbling himself in in a much of this interview. What I've heard, and so and I appreciate that. And I think it looks like Johnny maybe is past that and getting on with his life and um, doing good things. Well, I tell you what, I mean, obviously. Uh, most are aware of the bag man at every school. Of course. One of the big changes that I think has been good for college football is the NIL. I do think there needs to be some more rules and guardrails and whatever you want to call it associated with it. And there's one guy out there who recently retired from his job that thinks he could be that voice of reason, that voice of change for college football. We'll talk about it next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnick. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> howdy. Howdy. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is Thursday. The uh, General John McClain will join us in about 15 minutes from right now, but Nick Saban just recently retired. He did. And uh, I guess his wife's already tired of him being home, <laughs> which is understandable. Yeah, because uh, being a football coach, you're never at home. So she's probably not used to that at all. Now, in an interview—excuse <coughs> me—in an interview with Chris Lowe at ESPN, um, he's not looking for a new job, but he is willing to help college football use common sense in saving the game as we know it, even though it is completely different. College football, as we've known it, has gone away. There's still college football. But so much, and, and you know, like even when they announced this week the uh, new 12-team playoff, right? 
the format, the five seven, five plus seven, how they're gonna do it. And then you start, you know, like ESPN, Scott Van Pelt was like, here it is in a visual form because I'm a visual learner. And using last year's rankings for the top twelve, just the conference changes with the Big Ten and the SEC and all that, like college football as we've known it, it's is going crazy. to feel yeah. so completely different. <laughs> but Nick Saban said, quote, if my boys can bring about some meaningful change, I want to help any way I can because I love the players and I love college football. What we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student athlete. That doesn't exist. It doesn't. He's absolutely right. Not in football anyway, uh, for sure. And, and and I would I'd love a guy like Nick Saban to get together with whomever makes those decisions and offer his advice um, because I think it would be valuable. Now, he did admit in, a, in another interview that he didn't walk away from college football because of the NIL and the transfer portal. He, he cited his age and uh, just didn't think he could – you know, give it all that it needed to give, but he doesn't want to stop working. We all know he's going to work for ESPN, but he also wants to work on college football because well, he loves the game. And that's obvious. When when you look at it, and, and again, for a guy that has spent his career preparing a whole bunch of people for the National Football League, but what small percentage of his players actually made it? Now you get all these guys with a little bit of money. But it's not life-changing no. money for most. And, you know, and if you're not going to college and taking advantage of it, and I'm paraphrasing some of the things or what I think he's trying to say in this, is if you're going to college football as an athlete just to get paid but not taking advantage of what college is offering you, when your playing days are over, which for most of them is before they're 30, are you actually prepared for life? And that is a concern that I don't think most of us think about, talk about, but in 10 years, 15 years, it is going to be very interesting to see what some of these players' lives are like if, one, they've spent all that money, now they don't have an education, are they working minimum wage type of jobs because they've wasted the opportunity of what could have been with a degree and then the networking that comes with going to a uh, any university, really. Yeah, I mean, all of those are legitimate concerns. Um, because, look, you get a million bucks, you think, man, I'm, I'm set for life. Uh -huh. I am. And then all of a sudden, you know, a year later, you're like, uh, I got 10 bucks left. Uh, it happens, and it happens to pro athletes. Same thing. Yeah. You know, they go off and buy their mama, you know, a million-dollar house, and, well, yeah, I bought the house, but you still got to pay taxes and insurance and everything else. And what I would like to see, and in, in whether it's in this, but for all college students, you know, where's the course on how to, how to pay bills, how to buy a house? What do you look for? I mean, I would love to see some of those practical courses. I get all the other stuff is, is fine, but, I mean, let's, let's prepare these kids for life with stuff that they're actually going to have to deal with. Tim Morrow the other day <laughs> sent out a great tweet, and I thought it was hilarious. He goes, you know, Here's another day gone by, and I didn't use algebra at all. Well, <laughs> man, that's fantastic. I, I loved it. I mean, I never cared what X was or math, <laughs> yet at the same time, we use math every day in our jobs. Well, we do, right? And and but but basic math, common sense math, and, sure. I, and I'm and I'm with you there. Um, you look at 
one of the things, and and Nick Saban just wants what he calls sensible dialogue about how college football can move in a, a particular direction. And I think one of the things that needs to happen in college football, and I think we're starting to see it with the alliance or whatever they're calling it between the SEC and the Big Ten, and I would imagine the the Big 12 and the ACC will will end up as a part of that. Uh-huh. They all have to play by the same set of rules. Uh, Saban also says he thinks player compensation models need to be brought in-house at the various schools and taken away from donor collectives. Yeah, I agree with that. And we have no idea what that's like at major universities like where he was at at Alabama or an A&M or at Texas where it seems like there's unlimited money. I know for UTSA, they have three different collectives. Yeah. And, and you know, the donor base isn't what it is at some of those major schools. Um, there does need to be like a commissioner of college football and take it away from the NCAA. And a guy like like Nick Saban would be great on, on whether it's commissioner or some sort of advisory board, but people like that need to be in charge, especially if he is retired because you can't have somebody that, you know, current athletic directors. No. Well, you're looking at the best interest of the whole, <laughs> but how does it benefit my school to begin with? Uh, wink, well, wink. A- absolutely. A guy like Nick Saban would be, would be tremendous in that role. I just think you should be, college football should be its own entity. You know, and don't, skimp on the others there's got to be a way to funnel some of that money to to continue to pay for the other sports because that's what college football does but i mean if it's his own entity then you've got a commissioner or uh and you've got contracts and you've got stuff i mean it's got to be more nfl like i think and i think that's really the only way to fix this thing one free agency period if our transfer portal or whatever you want to call it um, and, and I, but I think well, there's a way to do it. And I think you've got, you've got to professionalize it. And, and and maybe the portal thing goes away because if we're paying you as Nick Saban suggested, it, it's gotta be a two way commitment, you know, right. Player contracts, almost like the NFL. And he does say from a legal aspect, he's not qualified to be like the commissioner uh, sure. of college football, <laughs> but a, a Greg Sankey or one of these athletic directors that have been doing it forever, because there's probably all kinds of things that, None of us really ever want to deal with that, you know, we're not we're not privy to something, something to think about. But at least somebody when Nick Saban starts talking about it, everybody is going to listen. Absolutely. They are. No, no question about it. So I'd love to see him in some sort of some sort of role, if it's advisory or whatever the case may be, because I'd love to pick his brain. And I'm sure Greg Sankey would, too, or or whomever uh, would love to hear from Nick Saban. Except I mean, except. No, bad word. But we've just got to figure out a way to make sure college football, while it's completely different than it was, is still to a degree college football. For the average fan, as long as the the team that I'm rooting for is playing on Saturday, we don't notice about all the NIL stuff that's going on, nor nor do we care. Once they right? kick it off, you're right. You know, we don't. But at the same time, you see a lot of coaches. Now, there have been some NFL coaches go the college route. But, man, it seems like every day we're hearing about a, a college coach that's taken an NFL job that's a far lesser role. Cowboys just hired a guy from Boston College. Yep. They, they got away from Boston College, now coaching in the NFL. Well, I mean, that guy was going to end up get, having to work with Bill O'Brien. And, yeah, well, that's you know, true. Know, that's, 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 that's a great point. But his option wasn't at another college. He went, <laughs> exactly. he went to the NFL. Let's talk more football with the great John McClain. He joins us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 
San Antonio sports star. I wonder if he'll be in Dallas next year. Maybe he'll be a Houston Texan. Uh, I don't know. All former Cowboys seem to go there and do well <laughs> like Dalton Schultz. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnick. the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Let's talk about the Texans with the great John McClain joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. You know, John, there's there's a couple of different running backs that have been linked to the Houston Texans through free agency. And I think Derrick Henry would be a great fit down there in Houston. Yeah, I don't see them spending money on any 30-year-old back. That's not what they need. You can get a guy to run the zone scheme if you get a guy who who understands it. Damian Pierce didn't, and he had such an impressive rookie year. We all thought, okay, they're not going to need a running back. And they signed Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary picked it up. Pierce never did. The only good thing about last season for Damian Pierce is he didn't get used up. And Singletary signed a one-year contract. He had career-high carries. And uh, and yards, but he's still really a, a quality backup. A guy should be part of a, a committee approach, like him and Damian Pierce were supposed to be. So I think they're going to get a back because they need to improve their running game. It would help if they could stay healthy up front, where they've used in the last two years draft choices, first round, second round, sixth round, and an expensive free agent in Shaq, Shaq Mason who was the only lineman to play every game last year. So uh, I don't think they're going to be spending any money on anybody that's 30 years old or even approaching. I see all these national people say Saquon Barkley could come here, Derrick Henry could come here, Josh Jacobs. Unless they want to do a really cheap deal, which they don't, they won't be coming here. Well, you know, that brings up an interesting question, John, because when you look at just Derrick Henry uh, in particular, I guess Baltimore is the betting favorite right now to land Derrick Henry. What what do you think a guy like that would command? Yeah, I mean, we saw what running backs were last year. Do you think it's going to be any different this year? No. I think that uh, the deal Johnson Taylor got could be kind of the benchmark. There's just too many Isaiah Pacheco's out there, seventh-round picks who come in and, and help a team win a Super Bowl, and you can get them. One of the things when Gary Kubiak was here, he drafted a guy, Steve Slayton, who rushed for more than 1,300 yards, I think is a rookie, and then uh, in that zone scheme. And then they got this undrafted rookie who was a kick, covered kicks and was on the practice squad, and they gave him a chance, and Arian Foster became the best running back in team history and one of the best in the NFL during his strong years in the zone scheme. So, Mike Shanahan used to have all these guys, sixth-round pick, Terrell Davis. He was pretty good. He's in the Hall of Fame. You can take these guys who who have the capacity to do what it takes in that scheme, which is a the linemen are not blocking vertically. They go left, and you get the ball, and you go left, and you plant your one cut and go, and you got to find the hole immediately and get through it. While the linemen have already made their initial blocks and they're trying to get out on the second level. And it hurt the Texans because they the line, they had 11 starting linemen last year because they had just unprecedented number of injuries. Plus, they had a first-year line coach, Chris Strasser, who'd come from the Colts, and he'd never coached in his own scheme. And I think he struggled. And near the end of the year, I asked Bobby Slock about it, and he talked about 
how far Strasser come uh, in the scheme. And I'm thinking, well, why did they hire a guy who'd never coached that scheme? So it should be better. They will have another back to compete, and they hope that Damian Pierce can figure it out. And uh, because if he can't, they need to trade him and get a draft choice for him. But uh, anyway, uh, that to me is their number one priority, but they're they're not going to spend a lot of money trying to improve it. John McClain joining us here on The Blitz. Great follow on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. When you think about what Nick Casario has done since he's he's been there, and you know, especially since Bill O'Brien hasn't been in this off season. I know what they do. You expect them to do things a little bit differently to just try to capitalize on the success that they had last year, because uh, I know they they won't spend a ton on certain positions, but might maybe they're a little bit more aggressive in in free agency or working some trades. Well, they're aggressive. It's crazy. During the rebuild, they signed so many people, and they signed to one- and two-year deals. And the only guy signed for more than two years was Cameron Johnston, their punter, and his his contract's up. So is kicker Kaimi Fairbairn, and they've had the best special teams in the NFL the last two years. And it's not going to cost a lot to, to re-sign those guys. The important thing is to reward your players first, because if you do, like an extension for Nico Collins, you're showing that if you produce, we will pay you. Instead of going out and spending a lot of money on guys, you don't can, don't know if they can fit the scheme. And they signed a bunch of free agents last year who contributed, and they signed one-year deals like Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz, defense tackle Sheldon Rankins played really well. Jimmy Ward's safety played well till he got hurt. And uh, so they, they, they have more than 30 guys whose contracts are expiring. And they're going to, Java Bernard, their left defensive end, is the most important. But I'm told he wants $20 million a year. He won't get it here. They'll put a budget on their guys that they think they're worth. They may go over a little bit, but if somebody else wants to break the bank, it's Sayonara. And then they'll go about replacing them in free agency in the draft. One of the Texans needs running back uh, safety. They don't have a safety other than Jalen Petrie who didn't play as well in the new system as he had played as a rookie in Lovey Smith's system. And he and the during during the season they lost their second safety and the top two backups. They had three safeties playing behind with or behind Petrie who had all been signed off the street during the season. So that's a position you can address in free agency. And then there is another one, linebacker. Blake Cashman stayed healthy for the first time in his career, and he played really well. If somebody gives him a better offer than what they're offering, he'll be gone. But you can get linebackers in free agency because teams don't pay them either. Where in the draft, you have to address the defensive line. You have to address a cornerback, a wide receiver, the more important, higher paid positions. But I think they will, will uh, be aggressive, but and they'll sign a lot of free agents. We'll see a big turnover here, but it won't be where we go, wow, Casario finally spent a lot of money on a free agent. That hasn't been his MO up to this point, and the results have been terrific in the rebuild. And I really trust what he and D'Amico Ryans are going to do on personnel, even though I may not agree with it at the time. 
based on what they've done, I trust that it'll work out. It's going to be interesting to Absolutely. see. And then, of course, the combine <laughs> coming up in a week. Make sure you follow John on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, always great catching up with you. Guys, thank you very much. I'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. The great John McLean on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond. They are online at buyersbarricades.com. Coming up on the Blitz, Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News. He is in Sacramento because they call it the second half of the season. After the All-Star break, NBA returns tonight. The Spurs taking on the Kings. This is the AA Best Bell Bonds Game Night San Antonio on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Every game night, the Blitz with Jason and Joe gets you inside and ready for tonight's game. Players, coaches, insiders. This is the AA Best Bell Bonds Game Night San Antonio. for three. Wembenyama put him in the friend zone. The pregame show starts now. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Spurs continue the rodeo road trip tonight in lovely Sacramento. That is where Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News is now and joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. So what do you do on a Thursday afternoon in Sacramento? Uh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's great weather. It's great weather here. I, I only passed on the way to shoot around today from my hotel to the arena, the Golden One Center. I only passed like six bail bonds places. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Things are looking up. I tell you, I, I don't know what it is, uh, Jeff. Sacramento was never one of my favorite places to go. I don't know what it is about Sacramento. It's just one of those sleepy little towns. It's kind of, let's just get out of here. Yeah, San Antonio talking about sleepy little towns. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're dangling a baseball team in, I know in, in, for us in San Antonio again. But uh, we know where that's going to go, probably as about as well as the Spurs season has. Um, it, it's funny because it's the second half of the season, yet there's only 27 games left. Um, the way you described it in your article um, was, was, was perfect. But, you know, yesterday it chewed around, is the, today it chewed around there in Sacramento is there motivation for these players to finish stronger? What is that motivation? Yeah, I think everybody's probably got their own little bit of motivation, right? Like, um, I mean, we'll leave Victor out of it. Victor's Victor. He's self-motivated. But, um, you know, for each of these guys, there's there's a little bit of motivation to kind of show what you got, whether you're like a Devin Vassell or a Keldon Johnson or a guy who's been around and is playing a lot you know, where do you fit next season? How, 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 you know, what, what can we expect from you next season? And when it's other guys kind of on the friends, like your Julian Champagne's or your, um, like Wesley's Malachi Branham's, like you got 27 games to, um, you know, give give us some kind of positive vibe going into the off season and, and give us a reason to, to really think that you're part of this, uh, the long-term future of this team. I mean, all, all those guys I mentioned are under, contract next season but how far beyond that do you fit into the Wimby project every game every minute every stretch of games kind of counts towards that so I think each guy on down the line has a reason to show management and the coaches um, that they belong here 
You know, Jeff, Devin Vassell said yesterday that Pop, I guess, had been working on some new plays and, and unveiled them to the team. What in the world do you think those are? I don't know. <laughs> I would, I'll would. i be I'll be interested to see, too. I, I sometimes think that gets a little bit overblown. Like, he's not reinventing the wheel, right? Like, I don't think he came up with some crazy, like, crazy action that's just going to take the world by storm. But I, I do think it's been a process all season long of learning how to play with Wendy. And I think earlier in the season, a lot of people, a lot of fans, even players, um, were, were um, disappointed in how, how, how um, like, it seems like the easiest thing in the world to get the seven-foot-three guy the ball near the basket. And earlier in the season, I think the Spurs did not do a very good job of that. I, I think they're still not perfect at it, but I think they've gotten a lot better at it. And finding him in places where he can get easy baskets and not have to work so hard for baskets I think they're getting better at that, and I think that's that's been a lot of the focus offensively has been how to play with this this guy, and I guess defensively as well. It's the same kind of thing. Like all the rules go out the window. Like like when you don't have a seven foot three shot blocker blocking everything behind you, you have to play that. If you're a guy guarding the perimeter, you have to play that guy differently. You have to differently than when you do have Victor behind you. But what I mean by that is you can let your guy go a little. Not you know not Toro defense. But but you can you can jump off your guy if he gets if you're getting beat, switch to another guy and Victor will clean it up for you. And there was a lot of just just earlier in the season, not really um, maybe not understanding that. And I think maybe part of this break has been kind of understanding more how to play with Victor. I don't think Pop has like some kind of crazy Hoosiers play in the in the playbook that's gonna you know take the world by storm. But. Yeah, I, I just I, I kind of heard that from Devin yesterday and thought, well, hell, why are they putting in new plays? It doesn't seem like they can run the ones that they have. Uh, let's not confuse well, maybe that's them. Why you put in new, maybe that's why you put in new ones. Actually, it's the same old one. They, they just presented it as new. Maybe they'll get it that way. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jeff McDonald of the Express News joining us here on the Blitz. Um, there was a... Um, photo floating around the internet that was taken at practice yesterday, like a PowerPoint that they put up with goals. And I feel like a lot of these really were intended for one person, Devin Vassell. Um, play with each other, accept your role, uh, be responsible to your teammates, play for each other, be the best we can be, figure it out. Am I being too hard on Devin Vassell for him not seemingly realizing he's not the number one player, the number one option on this team? It's not his team, it's Wemby's? I saw that and I thought, like, did they just take this out of like the Judson Rockets field house or something? <laughs> like, it seems so. But I, you know, Jim I don't Rackley know. Jim would I, be I, proud. <laughs> and he would be loudly proud about yes. it too. Um, you know, I don't know about that. I, I think, I think, like, like everyone else, they're just trying to figure that. Devin's just trying to figure this thing out. If you go back to earlier in the season, uh, you know, we go to Los Angeles tomorrow. Last time I was in Los Angeles, I guess it's for that Clippers game. I remember the pop pregame, his whole spiel on Devin was we're telling him he needs to be more selfish. We're trying to get him to, to, to realize he can take shots and should take shots and should, um, you know, be a little bit of a, 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 a ball, not even use the word ball hog, but a ball hog, you know. And, and so for Devin to hear that and then implement it and then people say, why are you doing that? Like, it's, it's, a, it's always a fine line. They need Devin to be a scorer. Um, they, they need that from him. He's their number two scorer right now. They need, need him to take and make shots. But, yes, you also do have a guy that's better than you that, um, you know, needs the ball. That needs the ball. And it's, it's, 
always a tough when you're when you're a guy in Devin's shoes. It's always a tough to know where the line is. Where am I being too passive, and where am I deferring too much, and where am I? Where should I defer? You know, what, what's the difference in that line? I think, and I think he's like everyone else in this. He's trying to figure out how this all works, and I think I think people forget about Devin. This is his first year to really be an everyday part of everything. Like he started off his rookie year. He's still playing on that team that DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay are here. And he's just sort of a guy that stands in the corner and shoot threes, shoots threes. And then, um, you know, the next couple years, he's hurt half the year. Now last year he started the year as a guy that was going to be, get a lot of usage and get a lot of shots, but then he got hurt and was out for some, so, so much, about half the season. So this is really his first year to really have this role. And on top of that, he's got to real figure out how to fit this role around Victor freaking Wimbanyama. It's a lot, it's a lot to ask for him. And we, I think we want these guys to get it right too quickly and to grow up too quickly. We to realize he's 23. He's only 20, only 23. He's been here a long time, but he's only 23. People complain about Sohan a lot this year. He's 20 years old, Like he's barely older than Victor. So it just, I, 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 I mean, I get how fans are and how media is, and it's not wrong all the time, but also we just forget how young these guys are and kind of expect them to get it um, more quickly than it's probably, probably is fair. Well, and, and you're right. You must be listening to this show a lot, Jeff. I don't know. I mean, we complain a little bit too, and, and, and rightly so. Look, we're spoiled. You know, the right. Spurs fans are, are, are spoiled, and – you know, from a fan standpoint, I, I get it. You want to see this team win. We went through the tanking of last year. We thought it would be better this year, and it wasn't. How, in, in your view, watching this team, why do you think it is so difficult to get used to playing with a guy like Wimby? Um, I, I, it's kind of like what I said earlier. It's like everything you learned about basketball for your, you know, the first 23, 24, 25 years of your life now you have to relearn it. What what used to be a good shot is now a bad shot because you have Wimby. What used to be a bad pass is now a good pass because you have Wimby. What used to be poor defense or or, or um, you know you you not making the right rotation is now the right rotation because you have Wimby. And it's just it's, it's a lot of muscle memory to unlearn. And then it's also a lot of these guys are young, like I mentioned. And let's face it, I mean I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. A lot of these guys aren't. NBA ready right now. They're playing NBA minutes, but they're not. If this was a team that was going to, you know, be a playoff team or, or competing for anything, these guys wouldn't be in the rotation. They'd be in the G League. So I, I think it's a combination of all that. I think when you, when the Spurs do get to the point where okay, we're competing for playoffs now, like we're in it, like a lot of these guys won't be here, or they won't be playing the minutes that they're playing. They'll be replaced by other people. Yeah, and I agree with that. Jeff McDonald of the Express News here. I, I just look at. This team, and I think, uh, you know, Wemby obviously has a high basketball IQ. I think Trey does as well, and he'll be a great point guard when we get a a, a legit starting point guard in San Antonio. Everybody else, I, I just, you know, and I know they're young, and, and it drives me nuts when I hear Pop say things like, they've got to learn how to be pros. You know, they're, they're not rookies. I mean, Devin's young, but he's on his second contract. Same with Keldon. I mean, at what point... Do we stop using their young as a legit excuse for why they're not playing well? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. I think what's fair to say is we all expected this to be better this year. Yeah. I think 11-44, I don't think there's anybody involved with the team, any fan, and even, even your most pessimistic fan. If you'd have told them 11-44 and 44 to start the year, I would have asked you, well, did Victor get hurt in November and he's out all year? Like, what happened? Um, I think we all expected, hey, they won 22 last year, and they're adding Victor Wimbanyama to basically the same group. Like, it's fair to expect them to win more than that, you know, maybe push 30 wins. I don't, I don't think it was realistic to think this was going to be an automatic playoff team or a 40-win team or anything like that. I, I would thought that was a little too optimistic. But winning, winning more than you won last year when you add the number one pick doesn't seem like it should be too high of a bar to clear. And now we're looking at a team that's probably going to set the record for worst season in Spurs history in the first season of the Victor Wimbanyama era. And I think <laughs> Anyone re- involved in it, that's, that, that's just insane to say or think. Uh, it's crazy. So it's fair to think it should be better. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I think everybody thought it would be better. That's for sure. We can all agree on that. In, in your estimation, Jeff, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been covering the Spurs franchise for a long time. With a guy like Wimby, and I know you kind of touched on some of these guys won't be here what kind of a mix would you like to see? Little Some veterans brought in here to mix with some of these young guys. Is that the perfect scenario, the way you see it, or how do you see it? Like, I would be shocked if this summer isn't a summer to do something. And, like, yeah, maybe they don't I, – I, maybe they don't – maybe it's not an all-star. Maybe they trade for Trey Young. Maybe they don't trade for Trey Young. Maybe they can't make that work. But this is a summer to do something. Some, some kind of veteran help is coming. And if it's not a star, it's at least – one or two guys that are NBA ready to help, maybe starter level type players. I think this is the year to start building this up. You can't, you can't be the youngest team in the NBA like multiple years in a row and expect to, um, you know, continue to build. Like eventually, eventually, I, I, I believe in the internal growth. I think that's very important. I think that's how teams, like the best teams, are going to rebuild. It's how, Oklahoma City did it to an extent. I mean, they did trade for, for their best player, SGA, but everybody else, they've kind of built out around that. And so um, I do believe in internal growth and how important that is, but eventually you, you, you can't just add a couple rookies and expect this thing to advance the way that you want it to. So, yeah, you go look for a point guard, and maybe it's not an all-star point guard, but it's a guy that's solid and been here and knows how to – uh, you know, play the position at an NBA level and you go look for some three and D guys that can help you out there. Cause the Spurs are sorely lacking in that area. So if the Spurs just like, I think, I think fans are maybe worried Spurs are just going to run it back kind of like they did this year. If they did that, I would a be shocked. And like, who wants to come with me with the pitchforks down to the <laughs> Bronx bank center? We'll storm a place. Like I'm, I'll, I'll leave that charge with everybody. But I don't think that's the plan. I think the plan is to, like, we're going to get some guys this offseason. And it might not be guys that you think, you know, move the needle in the way an all-star would, but I think there'll be guys that will help and will help, should be guys that will help and will help progress this a little faster. I think they learned this year. I think if if anything else, what they've learned from this year is some of the guys they were expecting to, like, some of the guys weren't, weren't, weren't in the position they're not going to fill the roles that you thought maybe they would fill. Like I, I think Devin has had a great season, but maybe he's not your number two on a great 
on a great playoff team. Maybe he needs to be number three. Maybe Keldon needs to be a four or five. Maybe Sohan can do this, but not that. Like, they've learned a lot about themselves this year. I just it's all been kind of learning what they can't do rather than what they can do. And that's okay. That's knowledge that helps you. But now you know where the holes are, and you have to go out and fill them this offseason. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Jeff McDonald from the San Antonio Express News. You're in Sacramento. And with the uh, time difference in a shoot-around, I, I don't know if this was brought up at all or even if you're aware when it broke in the San Antonio Express news. It mentioned you pitchforks to the Frost Bank Center because it might be time to burn that thing down anyway because the UT Board of Regents approved a plan today to lease or sell the Institute of Texan Culture property, which is where the, a lot of people think the new Spurs Arena, the Wemby Center, if you will, <laughs> is, is going to go. Any talk of that today at shoot around oh no there was no talk of that like the players don't have any kind of any kind of sense of that but i do i do think it does seem to be like where this is headed like they're not gonna they're not gonna play in the in the i was about to call it the at&t center they're not gonna <laughs> play in the frost bank center forever like that's a that's a that's a it's a building that's starting to get uh obsolete mm-hmm. outdated it's one of the older ones in the league be honest which seems crazy um but i think downtown's where every arena is going now like detroit has moved downtown from uh, from back in the day here we're in sacramento this used to be out by they used to play in arco is out by the airport like for the first 15 years i came to sacramento i never actually made it to sacramento because you would just fly into the airport which is kind of out on the outskirts of town and and the arena was in between the airport and downtown so i'd get as far as the arena and never ventured into downtown Sacramento. And then they opened the golden one center and I guess it was 2016. And I got to come down here and uh, see all the bail bonds places. So it was really nice. <laughs> Lucky you. Lovely. The but, Chamber but, of Commerce is going to send down, you a downtown, gift basket. Downtown is where it's at for most of these things. Like it's, I always thought that traveling the country, going to different arenas and Spurs games and, and different arenas where how, how cool it is to come out of your hotel and just walk down the street and there's, bars and restaurants between here and the, and the arena and people are already out there pre-gaming and there's kind of a festive atmosphere. And then after the game, you're walking back and there's, you know, it's still going on. There's people post-gaming, I guess you'd call it. And we just haven't had that in San Antonio since the uh, team left the Alamo Dome. And, you know, there's a, I, I, I don't really, I don't want to get into like the politics of it. Like should, should the taxpayers fund this move or whatever? I just, I'm just saying, it's cool to have a downtown arena. And and our, and, and our tourists pay for it, so it's cool. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who needs them? Exactly. Well, uh, we do, I guess. Uh, we do. Yes, uh, yeah. we do. Yeah, that's exactly what it what it boils down to. Jeff McDonald of the San Antonio Express News at King Spurs tonight. Appreciate you jumping on with us there in uh, Sacramento. I had nothing better to do. To we be know. <laughs> we we realize. Yeah. We, we know where we are. <laughs> if you were in a cool spot, you would have well, said no, man, next wait. time. I was going to say, you also know where I am. Too. Yeah. 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 We're doing this today, not tomorrow when you're in L.A. Exactly. For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. Good stuff. That's Appreciate back-to-back you. back to back tomorrow, man. You can, yeah, I, won't, I, won't, I won't have much L.A. time tomorrow. It's sad. It is sad. It is. It's a much better place in Sacramento. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> Palm trees in both places, though, so that's nice. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Yep. Jeff, always appreciate it, man. Hey, y'all take it easy. Will do. Palm trees. Yeah. Palm yeah, sac- trees in Sacramento, huh? 
Well, I guess there are, but Sacramento was never my favorite place. Mm -hmm. Jeff McDonald on the Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond. You know, Spurs do play tonight. That's something to do. You know what else we do every Thursday about this time? What's that? Grilling with the Blitz, presented by Tri-County Meat Market. We judge meat, and we give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. And and we tell you every week, you know you're grilling. Submit the photos to sasportstar.com. And as we give away this $50 gift card right now, you want to see that great meat? You want to see a photo of what wins? You want this recipe? It's there at sasportstar.com. Can't find it on Facebook? Not on Twitter, not on Insta. It's at sasportstar.com. Listen to you, Insta. Uh-huh, like some young kid. Let's go to Insta. Well, or, or the gram. <laughs> the gram? You can go to the gram, too. Uh, let, let's, let's judge some meat here. <laughs> Absolutely. This, uh, this looks good, and there's a good recipe with it. Uh, absolutely. Jordan submitted a butter-basted seared lamb chop served on top of homemade mashed potatoes topped off with a chimichurri sauce. And it Ooh. goes into a very detailed recipe. Seasoned 24 hours before cooking with red wine and Brazilian seasonings. Nice. Then he whipped up some mashed potatoes and a Brazilian sauce. Nice. And his chimichurri to go with it. Got to have chimichurri. Fantastic. Yeah. Chimichurri makes it. You and, a chimichurri guy? You know, I used some, uh, made some chimichurri the other day uh, for those tri-tips. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. used the uh, Alfragani uh, chimichurri seasoning. To All right. Create the chimichurri sauce. Sweet. Yeah, it's good stuff. So congratulations, Jordan, <laughs> my friend. You win yourself a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. The Blitz wants you to know what's on tap. Presented by Sam's Burger Joint. Man, it's going to be a big weekend out at Sam's Burger Joint. And if I was in town, I'd be there certainly on a Saturday. You can see their full lineup. You can see, uh, get your tickets, their menu. Everything is at sasportstar.com. Uh, they got Don Stalling and the Divided tonight. Blue Water Highway on Friday night. On Saturday, Blood Red Sky, a U2 tribute band that I have seen. In fact, Ryan Eagle. Has seen I have. This it was a band. great show. Yes. With, with Rob. We went down yeah. there last time they were in town. They are fantastic. Great show. Great show. Uh, and they also have the opening is uh, uh, something called Everything in Excess. So if you need some in excess in your life. Um, <laughs> Everybody does. Sure. Uh, yeah, they got they got a, a, a full lineup. Uh, uh, Sam'sBurgerJoint.com is the website. Uh, elsewhere tonight uh, at the Stable Hall in the Pearl, an evening with Santiago Jimenez Jr. If you're going down to the Frost Bank Center, it's a rodeo. Charlie Crockett is playing tonight. Out at Paper Tiger, the Red Knot Chili Peppers <laughs> are playing. That ought to be a lot of fun, though. It actually is. Yeah, not bad at all. The Red Knot. The Chili Red Peppers. Knot. That's very clever. I tell you what, that stable hall down at the Pearl really getting things going. They got Jason Boland out there on Friday night. That's going to be a hell of a show. The Majestic, an intimate evening with Godsmack. Oh, wow, nice. How about Saturday night? Jerry Seinfeld is at the Majestic Theater. 
How about that? Two shows, one at 7, one at 9.30. Go to the 9.30 show. Yeah, absolutely. And Clint Black uh, is at the rodeo late. William Beckham is there early on Saturday. As, fun. Aztec has Los Lonely Boys. Los Lonely Boys. Yeah, Frost Bank Center on uh, Friday night has uh, Big and Rich along with Gretchen Wilson. That's right. I'm uh, going to that, by the uh, way. Are you yeah. going? Big and Rich, yeah. Yeah. Did you know you were going? Uh, yeah. Did you want to go, or were you told you were going? Well, I, I, both. <laughs> but we're going. We had so much fun Tuesday. On a Sunday night, Diana Ross wow. is at the Majestic Theater. Very cool. She's at ACL Live on Tuesday night of next week. Yeah, but that's not Sunday night at the Majestic. Just saying. A lot of good stuff this weekend. What's on tap? Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. They are online at samsburgerjoint.com. You doing a show tonight, Pledge? Extra innings with James Pledger. Coming up next here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.